All right, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Final Fan TV. This is Final Podcast 18, and today we have a very, very incredibly talented artist uh, as our special guest party member. Um, man, it, it, this is this is actually a really exciting one for me because I'm, I, you know, I, art is my hobby. Uh, I dabble in in art, the art of art. Um, <laughs> but we have a true, uh, just a master at at, at her uh, their craft. And um, yeah, this is this is uh, incredible work. You'll see it in the square to the right as we just have a little slideshow going on of some of the incredible work that Crimson Sun does. And um, yeah, so thank you so much, Crimson Sun, for joining us today. I'm excited to talk to you. How are you doing? Uh, thank you for having me. I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Lovely, dreary morning in Australia at the moment. <laughs> uh, looking forward to the conversation. Yes, it is, a, it is a, also a dreary uh, cold. <laughs> evening or night here at the, in, in, in the east coast of the united yes, states very uh, cold. joined with me is my fftv party member the limit breaker Vinny mcgovern how are you i'm doing great Vinny. thank you so much for he's a, he's a man of uh, a few words at, at the beginning of these things we just, yes. he's just like i and we want to dive right into these conversations and that's what we're going to do today uh let's get right to the questions for crimson sun um now we're going to talk about your your projects that you've done in the past we'll talk about some of the uh the projects that you're working on now um but first let's talk about your style i want to talk about um your your art style uh you do mix it up quite a bit um for each project i've noticed that you will you know like you'll you'll you take a class learn something and want to apply it to their next project which i think is just it's awesome um and it's what every great artist should do continue learning keep you know uh challenging yourself um i noticed and this may just be me but i kind of noticed that you kind of nestle into a art, uh, art nouveau style and i don't know if that was intended or it, like if that's kind of something you're inspired by or if it's uh or it was just kind of coincidental uh, can you tell me how you developed your art style? Uh, honestly, I don't spend too much time thinking about style. Um, it's just whatever is most fun at the time and what I reckon suits each individual project. The Art Nouveau thing definitely has been a major influence for the last couple of projects. So the calendar in particular was uh, the idea was to apply um, Art Nouveau influences, especially Alphonse Mucha's work. Um, into something Final Fantasy related and something of my own. Um, in terms of influences, I'm very much a 90s kid in that I uh, was very uh, blown away by things like Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z, Pokemon, Pokemon less, I think, but like definitely oh, Dragon Ball Z. Pokemon yeah. <laughs> was mentioned. I'm sorry, we got to do it. Favorite Pokemon. We, gotta, okay. we, we do it every time Pokemon is mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> oh, Favorite Pokemon Mew, Mew. Mew. I love it. I went to <laughs> the first Pokemon movie in in the cinema when I was twelve years old, and it was just like the greatest thing that I'd ever seen. Right. So I don't know whether you guys ran the same promotion over there, but we got given the holographic Mew card. Um, yeah, I got it. Yep. I got it. Yeah. it was like the one with the the, the ancient ancient the Mew, ancient right? Mew card. So I yeah. keep that in my wallet, and I've done that for. <laughs> 
oh gosh, what I we were like 17 years now. I kept that card because that yes. So you so, so Pokemon, so Pokemon that... is an influence. Um, but Dragon Ball Z, I would have to say, is the biggest like Dragon Ball Z is what made me go, I want to be able to draw these characters. So Sailor Moon was a bit of a intro into drawing. But um, Dragon Ball, I borrowed the Dragon Ball Z comics from, I think there was a local comic book store at the time, because obviously there was no real internet back then. So you borrow the manga and like copied all of the pictures, you know, like Vegeta powering up. I love Vegeta. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and so that, I think the real manga style uh, is obviously what made it into my work. And of course, the Final Fantasy concept art is um, a really heavy influence so Nomura's art obviously mm -hmm. um, and so recently I think uh, in the last few years I've been getting more into western comics so Marvel when the first Avengers movie came out that was another really big click um, mm -hmm. got into comic books after that so yeah I'm going to say Dragon Ball Z comic books and just obviously Final Fantasy art that's awesome this is a really cool, uh, really cool story about keeping the the Mew card too. Wow, uh, yeah. I have it as well. I have the uh, the ancient Mew card somewhere around here. I I store everything, um, and, and it's been in a box since I moved to my apartment. But one day I'm gonna yes. have my man cave, and I'm just gonna have everything, every spread out. I'm gonna have it all. It's gonna be decked out, so you won't just see my bed behind me in a few <laughs> years, guys. <laughs> we'll have a sweet backdrop back there. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's that's really cool. Thank you so much for sharing those stories um vegeta is probably my favorite as well um yes. we had we had the team four star uh guys yes, i don't know if you ever watched that. the abridged mm. yeah yes i love yeah. i actually got to meet team four star was at a melbourne convention like this would be years back this was eight six years whenever it was they were in australia and i got to meet i can't remember which members made it not all of them made it but i do mm. have a photo of me posing with team star team four star going yeah no, a Bridge that's hilarious. Yeah. Big fan of a bridge in this house. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, the the Final Fantasy VII Machina bridge that they did was was really good too. Um, so yeah, we we actually had uh, um, oh my goodness, Lawrence who did the voice of Vegeta, and or or was it Goku Black? Oh man, I, I can't actually. I think it was Goku Black. He he read Sephiroth's quote in Goku Black. It was awesome. Oh. <laughs> um, so. Can you explain, uh, obviously, if you go to your Patreon, and I encourage anybody who's watching this right now to check out uh, patreon.com slash crimbly. Uh, and you can you can get a look into the, the process. You can, um, man, I love what you do. You, you, you take uh, step by step, like you can say, here's the, here's what I got. Here's my doodle, you know, and like, <laughs> and you, you, you really walk your Patreons through um you know what you do in, in your process and i think it's great can you explain it from from concept to final so like when you think of the idea to executing it and you know presenting it oh gosh um it again varies a little bit so if i if i talk about the current project i'm doing the ff7 uh minor arcana tarot deck just using that as an example um it's always easier when you have like something that you have to draw to in mind so obviously the minor arcana each card has a meaning um and so to incorporate that meaning first you do a little bit of research and say this is what this card represents 
um, and you find the character that suits the card. And in terms of um, in terms of actually drawing, I'm pretty like I guess my process is pretty set, but I'm quite messy at the start. In which I'm like I'm just gonna draw a few things on this canvas and see what shapes are good. So the most important part of my process, I would say, is composition. So composition, something should look good even in scribble form. Something should look good as a thumbnail. So like, you know, when people talk about art, a lot of them say, oh, the level of detail is amazing. Level of detail is amazing. Level of detail is quite important, but I find that you have to have an image clear without details and if it's appealing at that stage that's when you know the final image will be successful so composition uh, spend a lot of time on that which is if you join patreon and sometimes i post um, works in progress on my twitter and other social media as well the works in progress that i post are when the composition is set so they're quite scribbly there's no color the lines are everywhere but you should be able to look at it and go i see what's happening here and i like the look of it um, and then it's just a matter of finalizing. So finalizing can be quite tedious. Um, once you have the idea down, I'm really simple. Like I don't have any tricks up my sleeve. It's just um, going over line art, um, which is quite visible in all of my work. So I'm a big line artist. Um, I don't I, like the guys who do painting just boggle me. Like they're great. Like I can't, I can't see how they do that. But I think it's quite clear in line what I do. So line art, and then just color over the top. And there's a few different coloring techniques I've been trying to develop over the years, but uh, it's still quite simple. I think illustration-wise, just line art, color. So composition most important, and then line art and color. And that's it. Awesome. Simple. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> Actually, Vinny, you're in the comments, man. Can you mind uh, reading that one out for me? Um, so Akumarations says, happy to hear your process, Krim. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, this is really good. Thank you so much for sharing that process. Um, that's how I would, like, that's how I've always done it, like, where you're just kind of like, you just kind of scribble out the idea mm -hmm. and, and you get what you want and then you kind of go over the finer details. And I'm I'm with you. Like when you see when you see these artists that just kind of like just do it right up, whatever. We can just skip all of that, go right to them. Like, you got me. I don't <laughs> like people not drawing. Like I have to have the foundations down. So anatomy and everything, everything's a huge mess at the start. And then you pick out the lines that work. Whereas some people can go, I'm just gonna start drawing a face, and here's the nose, and here's the mouth, and everything works out beautifully on the page. <laughs> How do I do that? I'll never know. It's not me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always uh, amazed by artists because I can't draw at all. I'm musically inclined, but art, I, you, you might be able to get a decent stick figure out of me. Um, <laughs> but when it, like, I kind of have the same process when it comes to music. Like if I'm playing a song on the drums, um, it's usually just like, like, so I don't know how to read music either. I, I, sell, I taught myself how to play the drums. I would listen to a song and I'd say like, okay, that kind of sounds like this drum. And I just went on from there and then I learned the names of the, the, the kit and everything. But I, for artists, I, I find music easy. Art is, is a completely different, like I, I you know. I'm the um, opposite there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Crib, um, uh, can you, could you, uh, exp I don't know, like every artist kind of, as you learn uh, new things, uh, do you feel that your art has evolved over time? Uh, do you feel like uh, it, from where you began to where you are now, how has your art evolved over that time? 
um, if you could kind of explain on that one. Um, I think definitely I have consciously tried to move more into, I want to say realism, but not quite, but like a more realistic representation of uh, people in particular. So people obviously is my main subject matter. Um, so at the start, because of the 90s anime influences, you know, I had a lot of anime in like, especially when you're representing faces, you know, the, the Sailor Moon eyes and and um, Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z eyes, Kira Toriyama's like very distinctive style, right? But it's mm -hmm. it's a lot more stylistic than say something like um, Marvel Comics, um, which I've been getting more into, where like you can see the features are more real to life, and even things like um, the more recent Final Fantasies, like uh, remake and fifteen, are more realistic representations of people, right? So perfect perfect yeah. representations of people so i think that's the way that my art has been going as well um and no no particular reason except i think it's easier to uh easier to learn in that you you know obviously you can go out and paint a portrait of a real person and bring what you learn from that into your art so yeah i i guess that's the way my art's just been gravitating but um with each with each project I do, where I concentrate on learning one specific thing throughout the course of the project, um, there's been different emphasis that I wanted to bring. So um, the FF15 uh, playing cards have been the sort of the learning experience for the realism part. And now I'm sort of actually gravitating back more in the other direction because I've decided <laughs> I didn't really, like, didn't really like doing that very much. Um, but yeah, but in terms of a general evolving sense, that's I think where I'm headed. Okay, awesome. Now, if you were to just step outside of your comfort zone, just say like, if you <clears throat> could just try anything, just freely try anything you want, digital, like, uh, I don't know, like super hyper realistic rendering and stuff like that, or uh, just anything you want. Uh, is there a, a art style that you would like to try? I would love to be able to render realistically. Like, you know, the people <laughs> who work on things like Magic the Gathering, the, the cards there, um, where there's like, it's completely opposite to what I do. Like, there is no visible line art. The mm -hmm. rendering is highly detailed, um, very realistic, and it looks fantastic. Right? I just, I would love to be able to do that. Um, and I guess the other thing that I would love to be able to do if I had more time is just more traditional media in general. So, so digital, mm -hmm. obviously, um, not, not, easier per se but it's obviously a lot easier to make mistakes and correct mistakes yeah um whereas traditional media you do something <laughs> that's it right you can't <laughs> you can sort of like if you're depending on what medium you're using you can sort of pull it back like you know painting you can paint over things but and pencils mm -hmm. you can erase but really there's not that much freedom in doing traditional work so I do a little bit. Actually, I have an Instagram account that I don't really link anywhere because I call it, I call my Instagram account my decoy account because it's the account <laughs> I give to family friends who say, oh, so you do art. What do no. you do? <laughs> I'm like, I don't really want to like, so I have this Instagram account where I do traditional work. So I've done a couple of oil painting classes. So I put that Ooh. up there. Um, uh, inking, I was really um, into a couple of years ago when I had more time. So there's a few ink portraits up there as well. And just the amount of planning that has to go to go into one of those pieces <laughs> is insane. <laughs> I just, 
I would love to have more time to do more traditional work. Um, at the moment, my traditional work is limited to like, if I wanted to do something really special for a friend, the great thing about traditional work is you can, um, it's one of a kind, right? So you do a painting, you gift it to someone, nobody else is going to get that painting. So yeah, I, I would love to be able to do that more. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no command Z in real life or control. No. Like, <laughs> Although once you get used to, all digital artists do this. Once you get used to digital art, you're drawing something on paper and you go control wait no yeah you try to, I was just to, to try that. to do your shortcuts in real life like no hang on a minute it doesn't work that way <laughs> life, life's not like that it doesn't work <laughs> I, I was just about to say that too because um i i, I bought a cintiq and I, i'm just trying to learn it like the uh because you know, it's it's not like oh okay it's a cintiq i can just it's like picking up a pad and pen and you're drawing and it's uh, there's a little bit to learn there. You got to get your all your brushes and stuff. And I was working in it so much that I just got used to just like keeping my 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 left hand yeah. on Command Z oh, like definitely. the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then and then when I moved over and I was drawing um some Final Fantasy VII characters because I was so hype, I had the channel that hype somewhere. Um, and then I was like, I messed up on Aerith's eye, like her left eye was too big, and I'm like, oh. Oh no, I've already gotten too far. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta throw this thing away. Vinny, um, uh, you have somebody in chat? Yes. So Akumarations asks, how many years have you been drawing and when was it that you really discovered your distinct style? Okay, first, hi Akumarations. I know you. <laughs> um, uh, how many years? Um, I think really uh, com started committing to drawing with Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> which would be, oh, how old am I and how old was I? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 25 years of drawing, I, I guess. 25 years, like it's always been a hobby. Um, mm -hmm. 25 years of drawing and in terms of like, I, I've been able to uh, use art as, a, as my main source of income. So as a profession in the last uh before four years now yep so just just on four years so i started the patron in 2017 and it took a little while to get going before i could use that as my job obviously um so about three or four years um where i had to really commit to um having a consistent enough style in each project for it to look maybe not professional but semi-professional um, so I'd say that, yeah, really started concentrating on working on a proper style, uh, or at least consistency in the last three or four years, but 25 years of drawing. <laughs> like, oh. I just remember like Sailor Moon came out and it was just like, oh my gosh, that, that's it. Like, big anime eyes. And how old was I then? You know, four or five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I had a, a age eye opening moment, uh, just the other day I was playing on Xbox, um and some guy in the party we're just we're just playing rocket league we're having a good time i'm talking about final fantasy 10 and i'm like yeah i'm replaying final fantasy 10 again and like i was like man i forgot how much i love this game and, and like some so the dude like he's a he's a you could tell he's a grown man and he said he said uh i don't think i ever uh, played that one and then my friend went oh, i think that was before your time and i went <laughs> i said before your before your <laughs> Uh -oh. How old are you? And he went, about to turn 20. And I went, oh, baby. <laughs> oh, oh no. He's older than you. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, no. Final Fantasy 10 wasn't even out yet. <laughs> oh, 
I, I had I had something similar too because I'm rewatching Yu Yu Hakusho and I was I was in an Xbox party. I was talking about Yu Yu Hakusho and he was like, I've never heard of that one before. I was like, Oh yeah, dude, it was like, you know, right around Dragon Ball Z's time. And he was like, I watched Dragon Ball Super. I was like, Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I was like, Oh man. Okay. All right. Well, all right. I'm gonna take myself off to another time and her now goodbye. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm out. I'm gonna cheesy has left the party. That's my 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 gamer tag. He's left the party. Um all right, so we go back to your first. Let's talk about your projects. Your first major project, uh, at least that's on Patreon. Um, or at least it wasn't even Patreon backed, um, but it is on your Patreon uh as your first major project is the Final Fantasy VII playing card collection, which was completed in 2015. Um, I, I imagine this is where you kind of kicked off your career and you, you decided you wanted to start a Patreon. Um, so can you describe the moment that you decided to like just start this massive undertaking of a playing card uh, set for Final Fantasy VII? And then also, uh, what was the first card you made and what was the final card? Just kind of curious. Oh, gosh. Um, I actually don't remember that. <laughs> that. You've done a I lot just, of art. I can... <laughs> so 2015, um, I think it it really just started because I, because like, I drew a lot of Final Fantasy VII, always, right? So always looking for an excuse to draw Final Fantasy VII. Really love all of the characters, not just the major ones. Actually, the major ones get a, a, quite a lot less of my love than the minor characters. Big fan of the minor characters. So like, how can I, how can I draw everybody? Like, you know, I mm -hmm. want to draw everyone, but, and here's the, the thing about managing social media a lot that you, you guys would have experienced. Not everything you do will be appealing on social media. So I also mm -hmm. wanted, I'm like, how can I do this so that I can, you know, get more of an audience or have more eyes on this. Um, and it's not easy to make people interested if you're just like, I'm going to draw everybody. Yeah, that, that was it. You know? So the, the idea, and I can't remember, I might have had a friend at the time who was doing something similar, or I, at least I, I remember asking a friend of mine how, where I could print playing cards, because playing cards, obviously, 50, 52, 54 cards, um, hmm. you could get everybody in there in some capacity right so you can have yeah. all of the characters in and maybe have a set of playing cards at the end of it and like playing cards everybody loves playing cards you know you don't have to be a fan of final fantasy to to appreciate playing cards and this was before i found out people actually collect playing cards so it's a collectible <laughs> item for a lot of people I'm like yeah score so i actually have <laughs> here it is there it um, is 2015 um i don't remember who i drew first i don't remember sorry i don't but okay. i think i think the last card was uh Severop. i think oh, wow. that was, i think that was the last one um but yeah the, i had a lot of fun with this deck so this deck uh if uh, if some of your viewers, if they have this deck from 2015, um, the best fun with this is I grouped people, uh, I grouped the numbers according to, like, so each person who shares a number also shares some sort of trait. Oh. Um, so 
go to the kings who are major characters. Uh, there's Angeo. Oh, nice, Angeo. Mm -hmm. Zach. Zach. Oh, that's cool. Genesis. Uh, Rufus. So this nice. is just an example. And I also did a lot of this. Like, I didn't do so, this so much anymore in my latest decks, but a lot of matching pairs. So people that were important to each other actually have matching cards. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's so, really cool. And they kind of have a similar uh, style too. Yeah, so they, uh, yeah. they match in some way. So the other one that was really uh, intentional was this. The king and queen. Zach and Aerith, nice. Yeah. Um, so there's a few facing, like that uh, in that deck. each other. That's yeah, cool. there's a, there's a few cool. like that in that deck. So that planning that was a lot of fun as well. So yeah, the planning was fun, the execution was fun, and then I got like a deck out of it. And I, I didn't really think many people would be interested, but it was the first sort of marketable thing I oh, had. Oh yeah, and, I'm yeah. sure people just love that, especially in 2015 when the Final Fantasy VII remake was was announced. Yeah. So like yeah. kind of perfect timing. Like yeah, it was actually, I didn't intend that, but it was quite perfect timing. So um, yeah, I and I I tried to put everybody in there I could. So minor characters, um, and I actually got a. So one of my friends bought a deck and posted it onto Reddit, where I got a lot of comments like, "Who are these people? Like, did they just make up some of these characters for the deck? You tell who that is." I cannot tell who that is. My screen's is a little too small. Jillian. This is Jillian Hewley. Oh, nice. Nice from uh, Crisis Core, right? Yeah, that's, so that's Angeal's mom <laughs> who made it into the deck. Sorry. That's awesome. Man, like, that, that's really cool. You really did want to, you really did set out to just put in every Final Fantasy. I, Final I love, Fantasy I love character. the minor characters very much. That's amazing. That's really cool. Um, and then you moved on to uh, your first Patreon backed. I might, I might be wrong about this, but just correct me if I'm wrong. I tried to do a little bit of research. Um, your first Patreon backed project was the Final Fantasy 15 Major Arcana Tarot card. Am I saying yeah. that correctly? I don't I, know. I've never even heard of Tarot. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. I, don't I know. saw that you said that, like this is kind of foreign it's, to you, like this, uh, this playing card collection. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> the uh, Arcana Tarot. T-A-R-O-T. It has the soft T at the end. It's tarot. Tarot. Mm -hmm. All right. Awesome. So uh, the Major Arcana tarot card collection. Uh, this is the Final Fantasy 15. And in the description uh, on your Patreon, it explains that you experimented with a limited color palette on this one. Um, and I didn't even notice it until I read the description. I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's true. <laughs> and it, it makes everything uh, very uniform. Um, but you have using only the colors red, blue, yellow, and yellow, brown, and white. Um, now in the description, you, you say that you discovered that this method did not translate very well to digital painting. Um, for me personally, I mean, I think they just turned out phenomenal. Um, and, and I loved them and I was like, oh, wow, I didn't, I'm, I'm kind of curious of why you thought they didn't translate well. Cause I think they look fantastic. <laughs> um, but cause there is a very uh, uniform uh, style throughout uh, with this color palette that you did. Uh, so what were some of the, the challenges that you faced and why did you feel that these, uh, the limited palettes method did not work for you or, or work as well as you hoped? Um, look, I'm not going to pretend I know a lot about traditional media, <laughs> but yeah, so I did that. Uh, if I backtrack a bit, I'm going to say that color has never been my forte. Like I don't enjoy coloring as much as I enjoy line work, but obviously the, 
like the visual appeal of a colored piece, um, if you do it right, is a lot more striking than just like tonal work or line work. Um, so I've always wanted to color and it's just the, the sheer amount of color, like there's a lot of things you can do with color. And if you're an amateur, like, like I, I'm still am an amateur at coloring. It's like, mm. you can do, you can, you can do a lot with, to make things look bad. Like the more tools you have, the worse it can look if you're not sure what you're doing. So, so that never really liked covering. So um, at that point, I'd just done an oil painting class. So the oil painting class, the instructor is like, okay, so if you're not too sure what you're doing with color, try this color palette. So that was, you know, what it was the, one of the classic palettes. So yeah, red, blue, red, blue, brown, white, um, yep, so yep. you mix them all up to make black, so you don't use pure black. Um, and I think that it would be something to do with the way the pigments interact as well. The way that the colors mix to give new colors that doesn't actually like without that um, in digital, they don't mix well. So like, and and like some of my um, design printing friends would know better about like you know, the computer sees color as a different yeah. thing than real representation of color. So mixing colors on the computer is a lot different to mixing colors um, in oil painting or even in other forms of tra traditional media, I think. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of tried to <laughs> tried as much as I could to get what I could out of that. And um, uh, so there's actually a few exceptions. So there's some very stark blues in the deck that uh, mm. obviously weren't made by that method. So I try to do what I can and have some exceptions in there, but uh, it's a good exercise. Okay. Nice. It's nice That's to know awesome. what doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, once again, uh, always challenging yourself to do new things, and, and that's how you learn and, and you apply it to the next. So that's uh, awesome. Uh, Vinny, that, go ahead. So we have a, another question from Accumerations. This says, how many drawings do you draw per year? I always struggle with con consistently creating content, so I would love to know how you stay motivated. Okay, uh, thank you. Um, I have to say... The project-based approach is really what keeps me going. So it is really hard. So as artists, we're all like, we want to be improving or we want to at least be working all of the time as much as you can without, you know, with avoiding burnout. So um, I find that if you just say to yourself, I'm gonna draw a lot and I'm gonna improve without really knowing how you do that. You're just gonna struggle, you're gonna get frustrated, you know, things aren't going your way and then you're gonna either give up or burn out. Um, so the project-based the project -based approach is like, okay, I let's forget about improving, let's forget about doing that, but say I want like a calendar at the end of the year and I wanna make a calendar. Um, and, you know, I think my followers would like a calendar from me at the end of the year. So that's what I'm aiming towards. Now, if you say that to yourself, it's easier to go, I'm making a calendar rather than I'm trying to improve, which is sort of arbitrary. It's, you know, you don't really know what you're doing if you're doing that. So, um, so with each project also, I say, okay, I'm going to finish doing this. And if this is, you know, 78 cards of a tarot deck, because I'm crazy, um, you know, I've committed to it. I'm going to do this no matter how long it takes, it's going to be done at the end. And so you really have that drive to say, yes, I, I'm going to have a finished product by the end of this. Now, mm -hmm. if you combine that with your uh, thought 
to say, okay, I, if I'm just going to tell myself I'm going to improve at art again, there's so many different elements to improve at. Um, it's pretty impossible to, to improve. You'd say, I'm just going to improve. So if you pick something, so for me, each project is, I get inspired by something. So I look at something, I see something and I go, wow, that looks great. You know, that looks fantastic. So D, um, you've got the cards from D-Deck on the advertisement on your Twitter. So D-Deck, mm. for instance, was when, so my best friend likes playing Grand Blue Fantasy, which is a mobile game, I think. Um, so I peek over her shoulder and go, wow, the art looks art looks really good art looks really good and i i want to see how i can you know can i do that or what makes the art look good so why am i visually attracted to this artwork can i bring some of those attractive elements into my own work and so yes i've got some oh, hang on a minute um and so just with ddeck i got this book this is the art one of the volumes of the art of grand blue fantasy and like just the artwork is amazing. Like if you're not, if you haven't played Grand Blue or whatever, I highly suggest looking into some of the artwork, but like the light lighting work, dynamic composition was really attractive in that. So I'm like, okay, how, can I bring that into um, D-Deck? So I got one aspect of art I want to improve. So you pick one, right? I'm gonna get better at lighting. I'm gonna be get better at anatomy or portrait so portrait painting so faces is actually the emphasis for the 15 deck for mm. realistic faces um uh d deck was about composition about lighting so you say i'm going to pick one element and i'm going to try and be as consistent as i can through this whole project mm. so even if it's hard <laughs> so <laughs> i i'm gonna advise i think for me personally I, I, everybody works differently but for me personally i would advise that once you've decided, yes, this is what I'm going to work on, you don't change your mind. So mm -hmm. halfway through D-Deck, I got very tired. I'm like, I don't know whether I can do this, but I've committed now. Like, I'm doing this, so I'm going to finish it. And with 15, uh, the 15 deck actually the most struck, like gave me the hardest time, the 15 deck, because I just You're couldn't get faces right at the start. Yeah. Each card took about three days at the start. So like three cards into the, the 15 deck. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. I can't, you know, I don't have time for this. Like I can't, you know, um, yeah. you know if I waste time on this, this, this deck's going to take me like a whole year and a half. It's not, it's not feasible, but I'm like, no, I've said I'm going to do it. So I'm going to do it. So that's, I guess that's what motivates me. The fact that I'm a stubborn bastard. And um, so, <laughs> you pick something that will allow you to practice something specific over and over again. And hopefully you pick something that has an attractive outcome. Um, so, you know, I'm going to make a calendar. Calendars are really good. Actually, I reckon that everybody should make calendars, like 12 pages, like 12 images. You can do that. You say, I'm going to make a calendar at the end of it. You have the whole year to make 12 images. And you know, that's, that's good motivation. Start somewhere. A yeah. little, little more, uh, less pressure, and you're just kind of oh. like, all right, I got a whole yeah. year to make. I can do, I can do one image a month. Like, you know, what I mean? like, <laughs> I can, you know, if I wanted to. Yeah. So that's <laughs> sorry. The other question you had was, um, how many pictures do I draw a year? Um, I'm averaging maybe uh, one image every two days, and I work, I work five days a week, uh, four, four or five days a week uh, on artwork, and then I spend a day at the vets. So. 
yeah I, however much that is <laughs> yeah would you say you do like a, a eight hour shift i guess of doing just art like you just sit down yeah. and do art for so about eight depending, hours a day? depending on what image i'm working on probably between six to twelve hours wow yeah, yeah. once yeah. you get like once you're in the once you're in the zone you don't want to stop you don't yeah. really want to wow that's that's very very impressive um to be able to like to pump out that much content and like you know what I mean that that's that's insane to me I, I'm I'm really impressed especially at the quality of, of what you have as you can see on the uh, the little slideshow that we got going on like that's some really really impressive work um, and now you got a little inside look at at how uh, how Krim does it that's so cool uh, I kind of had a question that kind of popped in my mind as you were answering that uh, when you're trying something new the more you do it the better you get at it. So um, I'm kind of curious. So like, say if you start with your first card and then by the time you get to like, I don't know, card 45, you're just kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm much better at this. I don't really like how the first one turned out. <laughs> Do you have to like? <laughs> yeah, so that happens a lot. And my answer to that is you'll say, well, I have to get this deck out because the, the money from this deck is how I'll be feeding myself in the next three months. <laughs> And then it's a lot easier to sort of rein back your ego and go, you know what, you know, just, so I've got the 15 deck here as well, actually. The first card, uh, let me see if I can find her. The first card in the 15 deck was Crow, I believe. So here's Crow. I'm going to make it big for you. Here's Crow. And by the time I finished... Um, and, and, and again, like this is the if you're the artist, you can notice your own mistakes and shortcomings a lot better than everybody else, hopefully, if you're doing things right. So Crow is a lot like that by the end, I was producing things like Luna, wow. <laughs> which is like, I guess it's noticeable if I'm pointing it out to you that Luna, the quality of Luna is probably a lot higher than the quality of Crow just in their faces as well. So you just got to swallow your pride and go, you know what, it's fine. <laughs> people will get distracted by the fact that there's a shiny deck. And here's the thing about merch as well. People <laughs> get distracted by the fact that they have a playing card deck. So I always say I am qual quantity over quality because the sum of the parts in a mm. thing like a playing card deck is a lot more. Uh, yeah, the, the sum of its parts is more than each individual card. So if I just yeah. put this out on the internet, people go oh yeah that's pretty cool but if i put this out online <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> so that's all you've got to remember like anyway you can you can get young prompto in there you, you gotta do it <laughs> <laughs> i will i will make people like young prompto <laughs> <laughs> exactly so I think, yeah i think uh crow turned out just as amazing as luna but that, i see what, i see what you're saying though that that is that is really cool um yeah uh so we so you go on to your next project and this one's this one's exciting um because you say in your description that uh, if i had to nominate one work of mine that contains my soul it would be final fantasy 7 uh tarot card collection um could you elaborate more on why this project is so important to you oh gosh um seven or does it still does it remain like does that yeah. does that does that still remain like it's still your soul yeah pretty much i think the major arcana in the seven towers is still something that i poured most of me into like because obviously um you know with artists that do their own work so artists with 
um, original work, it's a lot easier, I think, to, to put yourself into your piece. Um, whereas if you're doing fan art, you're, you're limited, but like limited in a good way by the, the existing the existing canon, right? So um, obviously FF7 was always something quite important to me. And if we have ever have time, I'll tell you what exactly happened to let me get the Final Fantasy VII game. It's quite a story. Um, oh, but so seven, yeah, so sevens <laughs> obviously something that's quite close to me, just like influenced a lot of major life decisions or like actual life decisions. Um, and all of the characters or a lot of the characters played a part in that. And so the major arcana, each character card is obviously FF7 character, but also my own version of the characters. So my own view of each character. Now the cards that I would bring to people's attention, I don't actually have, I don't have a version of that here with me, but like the Hojo card, for instance. So Hojo is actually my favorite seven character. <laughs> um, and there's nice. a long story as to why that is. <laughs> so the Hojo card, um, where he's like sitting in front of Genova's tank and he's like surrounded by dead specimens and he's looking quite remorseful. Um, so the uh, the amount of feeling in that is obviously my own interpretation of Hojo, which is a lot different to canon and maybe a lot of other people's interpretations, obviously, because he's nobody really thinks about him as a as a sympathetic character. Um, so mm -hmm. the Hojo card and stuff like the Lucretia card, so the fact that Lucretia was in there at all, um, as um, the lover's card, I think, where she's um, she's dead. She's got Vincent's bandana wrapped around her wrists and what that implies and um, Genova. So like a lot of the characters are different to their canon interpretations or what maybe people, how people normally interpret them. And so there's a lot of me in there. And I'm actually really, I was pleasantly surprised by how little questioning I got. Like I just got to do that. <laughs> and people just went, oh, <laughs> And they didn't go, oh, but you know, this isn't, you know, why did you, why did you represent this character this way? That's not their usual representation. I got away with it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's like this is amazing of, artwork. It's like yeah. who cares if Hojo well, looks? This, this if you're a fan <laughs> content, <laughs> if you're a fan content creator, you do get away with a lot of stuff if you can, <laughs> if you can make your content appealing enough. Like I can just, I can just draw things. Like I can just draw Hojo doing things, and you're just gonna have to accept it because. <laughs> What are you gonna do? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the, like the seven major is more my interpretation of the characters than any of the other projects I worked on. So something like D deck, for instance, um, where it's pretty much just the characters in a in a good pose. Um, they're pretty. They look nice. But you know, it's not as uh, there's no story or or emotional element like the seven tarots. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. You know, as art should be, it's, a, it's an expression of the artist. Um, so, so that's really cool uh, to take. Yeah. I, I noticed that too. And you're right. Like it just kind of like, it kind of goes over your head. Cause you're just, you're, you're, you're like, this is some really cool Hojo art. I love this. <laughs> but now that I'm thinking about it, like he's holding, he's holding little baby Sephiroth, which I'm, you know, I'm assuming that's baby Sephiroth. Uh, yes. and, yep. and I'm like, Oh, he's a dad. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, I got, I got in there. Yeah. Yep. Look at Hojo. Look at me feeling for Hojo. <laughs> no, that's 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 a testament to your artwork as well to to make 
to make the viewer be able to, to feel something and, uh, and, and to express your feelings through, that, through your art. That's awesome. Um, so we move on to your, uh, to the next project. Now i you know, I'm assuming that the, your work on the seven, uh, major tarot card collection, um, led to the, co uh, the collaboration with Kupacan, um, and author of the, the Nibelheim incidents and friend of the show, uh, MJ Gallagher. Um, and then the, the cover was drawn by Game T UK artist, AJ Hatley. Uh, and you were uh, tasked with illustrations found within the novel. Uh, you mentioned that this is a showcase of your skill set in your in your uh, Patreon description. Uh, can you describe your uh, your experience working on this project, working with KuboCon, which is amazing, right? I think at the, you know so as as a fan of Final Fantasy, you must be thinking at this point like, wow, you know, <laughs> KuboCon reached out to me, and I feel like this uh, also led to you meeting awesome people within uh the industry uh so yeah can you can you describe that experience of working on the nibelheim incident um that's this book here and oh. some of the there we go that would be a uh example uh and oh, i think some I have of, a funny story about that picture as well later if we have time <laughs> that particular some more, picture some, some more hojo <laughs> Now that I know that Hojo is your favorite character, now I'm like, I see it. I see yeah. it. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, your 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 experience working on the project, and also uh, at the end, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to explain uh, MJ Gallagher's handwriting and why it's terrible. So. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So all uh, that that was very exciting. Actually, one of the sort of the highlights of my quote unquote career. So um, Mo and I actually knew each other uh, for quite a while before that collaboration. And so for quite a while before the, um, the tarot set I worked on before. Um, and I can't, you have to ask Mo, who hopefully has a better memory than I do, how we actually started talking. <laughs> but it was through, I, I think it was through Facebook and his novella page, uh, sorry, his, his, yeah, his novelization page and my Final Fantasy page. And we, yeah, so we obviously admired each other each other's work and Mo's very good at reaching out to people so I'm very bad at reaching out to people but Mo's like really good at reaching out making you uh, making you comfortable um so he again being who he is uh suggested the collaboration so I think at that point he obviously um uh, uh was doing the novelization FF7 novelization releases through CooperCon so they had a really good relationship already and I think I think he and I were just sort of chatting in one of the Facebook forums under CooperCon saying, oh, we should work on something together. It might be fun. And then Alex from CooperCon's gone, oh, a collaboration between you two. That'll be great, you know? And so Mo seized the moment and he went, yes, all right, let's, let's you know, have something to pitch, like something solid to pitch. So it was all his idea. Um, he uh, decided on the the Nibelheim incident as something a bit different from the novelizations he was already doing um, and initially he said you so we were working a little bit into it and he said he said uh you can work on the cover if you want or I've got this friend um who can who's like AJ from Game Tea do you know AJ I might and I just went AJ from Game Tea because <laughs> again Game Tea I was I'm a huge fan of Game Tea and like that has been for a few years before like I officially met AJ through the novel, uh, through the novella, I was like, oh my god, you know AJ from Game Tea? Yes, please get her to do that. 
do the cover of the book because then I could say I work with KuperCon, I work with Mo, and I work with Gamechi. That's <laughs> tremendous, right? So um, Mo, like throughout the process, really professional. Um, he's the one who had you know the timeline going. He knew he knew Alex best, obviously. So he was the liaison uh, between me and Alex, um, and yeah, it was incredible. So at the funniest story I have is at the end of it. So we were launching the novella through uh, Pomathon, so one of the CooperCon events. And he just casually went, oh, by the way, we're going to do a book signing. And I went, what? We're going to do a book? <laughs> what, what does that mean? And then he casually went, oh, and, you know, Alex is going get to us, get us up on stage to ask us a few questions. I'm like, what? Up on stage? <laughs> so... <laughs> You're just like, just very casually professional. I've done it all mad. So he like, he's like, he was um, the, the guide for all of that. So, um, you know, it was really, really good being at Pomathon doing all these things that made me feel like I was actually a professional in some capacity. Um, and most handwriting is terrible because, so at the book signing, um, at the book signing, it was, we were seated at a table and the people were coming in in a line from one direction. And he was sitting at the head of the table. I was in the middle and AJ was at the end and we were signing books as they went along. And so Mo's job was to talk to the people, um, ask them their name, put their name in the book as he signed it, pass it on to me. Oh boy. And like, I would say that seven times out of 10, I'd look at the book and go, Mo, what have you written? Like, what is this person's name? <laughs> So hey, I, wonder how, I wonder how many people ended up with a signature from Mo that they're like squinting at going, what is this message? <laughs> yes, most handwriting. I'm sorry, Mo. Handwriting is awful. <laughs> Mo wrote my book, but I don't know what it says. <laughs> yeah. It looks positive. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> really, That's really, awesome. really good experience. And like, I, I would do it again. Mo, Mo's a great guy. CooperCon, obviously really good. So I got so much freedom so much freedom to do what i wanted so i basically just got each chapter as i wrote them and i could pick what i wanted to draw out of it um and didn't like i got maybe we bumped heads on maybe one or two of the images but he let me do what i wanted so, was it the in, terms of, <laughs> so Hojo, in terms of what i wanted so the easter egg and the and like mo goes through the easter eggs we put into the book th through his patrons so that's really um worthwhile joining and to look at that if you're interested um so the hojo picture the monster behind him um is um is a demon from ff15 i wonder if you recognize him if you so it's a demon from ff15 who is forest uh now forest in FF15 is the demon the emperor turns into um, in chapter 13. Oh, spoilers, I should have said. Whoops. <laughs> um, so Emperor Edelis Aldercapt, who is my, one of my favorites in 15. Um, I, yeah, so I put my love of 15 and my favorite character in 15 into the Hojo picture. And Mo just let me do it. <laughs> in the, in the Mo, Hojo picture... Do you remember what chapter that was for? It was chapter 13 uh, or I don't remember and I don't have a copy of okay. my book here. That's okay. I was trying to I was trying to flip through and find. <laughs> but that's that's uh that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> this one's my favorite. Uh, I think thank I've been you. Yeah, that one that one is awesome. I love that. Um and I think it is being like it's in the rotation there on the the uh slideshow, but 
yeah i love that one that's some really really cool work there and then this one uh you got to do you didn't do coloring so you got to kind of you yeah. kind of get to do your comfort zone uh you, yeah. you know yeah so, that's awesome yeah so i got to do so actually at the end of at, at the start of that project i'd just done another art course um of uh, just uh, sketching, sketching and um, rendering form in black and white. So the teacher, actually, one of his best lessons was he's like, all right, you're going to sketch the scene, but you're not allowed to use gray tones. You're only allowed to use black and white. And so the stark images that came out of that really trained your eye to see tonal work, incidentally. So that's like half of the half of the difficulty with art, I think, is learning how to train your eye to see because the information your eye gives to your brain and the way you want to represent it isn't isn't the best way to represent um an image so that other people understand it so yeah um yeah so i learned a lot about tonal work during that time which i then went yes i can apply it to this project how fortuitous yeah <laughs> no coloring in that so each picture took a lot less time mm. and i could concentrate on storytelling which is what the main focus of that project was cool. uh and then you go on to the next project now constantly challenging yourself as every great art should uh you moved on to realistic rendering now we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show uh but this is where your final fantasy 15 playing card collection um yeah. again i mean I love these. I love these illustrations. <laughs> in fact, it, it, they're up there in, like as some of my top uh, favorite of the work that you've done. Um, so you you discovered, at least this is what you said in your description, uh, you discovered that the heavy rendering just wasn't your cup of tea. Uh, I'm kind of curious of why you felt like it wasn't your cup, cup of tea and like some of the challenges. You said uh, in the show earlier that uh, it was probably the most challenging uh, project that you've done. Uh, this is something new that you were trying to trying to learn and master. Uh, so what were some of the struggles that you faced with this one? Yeah, that project totally did my head in. Um, <laughs> so I, I, again, I'm not that good at realistic rendering. Like I, I'm still not great at um, consistent lighting. So shadows falling on faces and where that should translate to the rest of the body. So actually each of these cards um, the faces are all of real people <laughs> and it's just like stock images and things or like photos of friends that I've gotten um, and tweaked to look like 15 characters. Yeah. Um, so each face, um, which is the part doubtlessly that people pay most attention to because we all know what faces look like, each mm -hmm. face is a real face. Now, Having a reference meant that each face could be rendered quite effectively, but then, but then I didn't I didn't really have the skill to say, oh well, this face, you know, the shadows fall this way. What should the shadows look like in the rest mm. of the body? So it kind of winged everything except the face, which I don't recommend because, like, <laughs> it looks a bit odd in some cards more than others. I'm just trying to look through. So Cindy, like, this card took me three days. This is like the card that I would say took me long. This is the card that made me want to give up on the home project. Um, <laughs> and it was just because it was taking too long. It was taking too long. So mm. because like, if you're rendering a face semi-realistically, it's actually, 
harder than if you're rendering it completely realistically or completely unrealistically because that middle point's really ugly if you don't get it right mm. um and so it just it took too long and i don't didn't enjoy it so i said i'll stick through with it and it's done and i'm not ever doing it again <laughs> and then you <laughs> yeah done <laughs> yeah Awesome. Uh, I, mean, I thought they, I thought they looked awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you for me and, and like my art uh, from just, like I said, I'm just not, I, I'm nowhere near your level of talent. This, uh, but when I try to do anything like that, where you're just trying to do a, your own image, you're not looking at any reference of like, say, I want to draw Noctis and I want him to do a cool pose. I don't know where the shadow I'm, I'm with you like sh realistic shadow and lighting is just not my thing i've i watched a lot of like videos where you're just like oh you have to imagine it as a shape like each individual sh like the arm is a cylinder you know what i mean like it's like yeah i don't i don't know <laughs> so, <laughs> so i i get that i get that and, and that's a very uh you know stock images that are res uh, resources for for artists so yeah. i i don't blame you for taking advantage of that uh, I think the Final Fantasy 15 playing card collection turned out fantastic, just like every everything else you do. Um, and then we go on to the Final Fantasy Wings and Flowers calendar. Uh, this was this one was really special. Um, like you said, it's it's 12. It's just 12. No, actually, no, it wasn't. It was more than 12 images, right? Like I believe you went all the way up to 15. So uh, that would have been for the KupoCon calendar the that Kupo I went up to 15. Yeah. Got you. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, so now your pa Patreon shares a little bit of an inside look at your process, but if you don't mind, uh, just tell me a little bit more about, about this one. Oh, okay. Um, so the calendar is was a lot of fun because I got to exploit all of my, um, I, I got to do what I wanted. So the point of this one was I found, so what you can find online if you're not too good with coloring is um, color palettes that other people have made. Um, so colors, set colors that work well together and you can like, it's very easy to Google, Google image search it. And if you say, okay, I'm going to just use these colors, blend them together in various ways and they still come out looking quite uniform and quite good. And so this was me going, okay, I found these set palettes. Can I make them work um, in each image and still make it look good? So that's what this was. And also I, um, very obviously influenced by the work of Art Nouveau, Alphonse and Muka in this. So Muka did a lot of flowers, ladies, flowers, flowing dresses, um, beautiful scenery. So, you know, four seasons. Um, and the wings was just because wings are cool. <laughs> Love wings. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> why not? Um, and so Final, Final I Fantasy VII is very, uh, it's got a lot of wings in it. Yeah, right. So uh, <laughs> I, I picked just, um, the, my favorite characters in my favorite Final Fantasy. So not all the Final Fantasies are in here and each, some of the Final Fantasies appear more than once. So 15, like this one, I'm gonna show you this one because um, the Easter egg in this calendar is that uh, the flowers or a lot of the flowers have flower meanings. And so they add to the interpretation of the character. So here's Era. So this is obviously from um, episode Arden. So Arden, his brother, traitorous brother, very evil brother, Solnesky, not really. Uh -huh. um, and his um, beloved Era. And so Era is surrounded by these are uh, asphodel flowers and they mean regret. And they mean my regret follows you to the grave, which is quite fitting, um, uh, seeing what happened to her. Um, uh, 
Arden is surrounded by dahlia flowers, which mean betrayal. And Somnus is surrounded by, I wrote notes for myself here, Hyans. So it's sorrow and a plea for forgiveness. Wow. So a lot of the, uh, a lot of the images carry some flower language as well. So, so yeah, cool. that was a lot of fun. I like, I like putting in Easter eggs. I think it's fun. And I think it's a good sort of a good thing for my patrons to, um, a bit of fun for them as well, because I don't really release that information to the general public. <laughs> wow. So, um, awesome. so we have actually a few questions here in the ah. chat. Um, I'm going to ask the one from Acorn Bandit first. Uh, do you have a business email? Um, do I have a business email? No, I not really, but um, I have a few different social medias that um, if you just at me, yeah, I'll be able to answer any questions. Or, okay, um, and your Patreon, uh, can't you, yeah. you can probably get in touch with you on your Patreon as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, if, if you want to um, discuss any business, maybe after this, we can share info if, yeah, if you like. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Mark Cusley, I'm sorry if I butcher anybody's names, <laughs> um, asks if you plan to come to Europe someday. Uh, <laughs> um, it just kind of depends on the global situation. <laughs> um, I would love to go back to Europe. So I, like, I got to go to um, uh, Scotland and the UK with um, Pomex last year. But uh, yeah, once travel is allowed again, <laughs> <laughs> and our our last question for right now is uh from livestream cerberus uh is there ever a chance that any of these are going to be uh found in a shop anytime soon like are are is anybody going to be able to just buy these like go to target and and buy your playing cards <laughs> or your calendars or is this exclusive to just your patreon right now should be so my merch is patron exclusive and there's a few reasons for that I won't go into, but um, mm -hmm. reprints in terms of, so I, I do quite a limited printing and again, for a reason for most of my merch, but I think, um, so the, the seven tarot, the complete deck with the 78 cards is going to be the next thing in the, in the store, along with a reprint of D deck. Um, and probably this will come back at the end of the year. I'm not sure I'll run a, I'll run a patron poll, poll to see if people want this to come back, but yeah, patron patrons the place to buy all that stuff when the time comes <laughs> awesome that's patreon.com slash crimbly c-r-i-m-b-l-y um all right. definitely check that out and support this amazing artist uh so go on to your your next one uh now that's right after your patreon backed calendar you get co uh, commissioned by coupacon again get to work with coupacon awesome uh, and this one is the one that I was referring where you did a uh, 15 months, a uh, 15 month calendar. Um, yeah. So how, how was that one? That was get to work with Coupacon again, Alex May. Yeah, that was obviously tremendous. So um, uh, it was just really fun to, so, so there's, if you're doing a paid job, so I, I don't actually do commissions or paid jobs very often, but in a paid job, there's no real time to experiment to see what works. You gotta, mm. you gotta do what you know you can do, um, which is what the Kubrickal calendar was. Um, a lot of the, the heaviest influence for that, and I don't have one with me, but the heaviest influence for that was just comic book art. So um, things like, ugh, like this was probably on my desk a lot <laughs> when I was drawing that calendar. Um, so Marvel Comics, uh, and yeah, that was really good. So that 
calendar earned me a ticket as a guest to comics which was just amazing like it's just you never dream of being a guest at a convention just you know as a like i'm a fan creator i don't really you know the legitimacy isn't quite there but um that that was amazing that was just just incredible I, and um had a lot of fun working on that calendar um and uh, it's just a shame that because of covid and everything they uh didn't have a number of events to um promote that calendar as they would have which is so they're turning it into um turning into into their tripod collection now i think yeah. <laughs> the images aren't going to work yeah um so then you go this is your this is the final project that you have worked on and then you have your current project that you're doing uh the, so i guess i'm sorry let me speak English. I guess it was your, your final completed project. I guess. <laughs> um, so this is, uh, you, you, you bought a brand new computer. You are using a brand new uh, program called Clip Studio. And uh, yeah, you mentioned earlier your inspiration from uh, Grand Blue uh, Fantasy. And this is where you start on my personal favorite uh, collection that you've done. This is the D-Deck, uh, as you mentioned before. I cannot wait for these these to go back to reprint. I'm gonna get me. I'm getting me a a, a pack of cards here. Um, but yeah, this is my personal favorite. Uh, so this incredible undertaking. How how was this one? It was. This was good. I think um, it was a lot of fun. So there's a lot less thought that goes into something like this, where I just like I want to represent just the chosen characters and I want to make them look, you know, accurate and pretty. Um, so yeah, this was just prettiness, like, and got to got to uh, work on dynamic lighting. So, and the chosen palette. So the one of the, one of the really cool elements of Grand Blue Art, if you look at some Grand Blue Art is the way the character, like they all glow in a sense, like there's that particular backlighting that they are, uh, they draw into all the characters that make the characters look 3D and it looks like lights coming through their hair, lights coming through their clothes and it, it's amazing. So that was sort of what I wanted to, to learn how to do and to imitate. Um, and yeah, D-Deck was, it was good. But by the end I was getting a little bit bored because there wasn't as much to think about. And so every day was just like, here I am again, I'm gonna draw Tifa or like whoever I was drawing that day. And yeah, but but I, I'm quite happy with the outcome. I think it's quite appealing visually, even if you don't really yes. nothing much to think about. <laughs> I mean, any any Final Fantasy fan will absolutely love them. Like you uh, you did each character justice, um, and and just put your own unique. Uh, you know, you have your own unique style on there as well. And yeah, I, I love it. That's the uh, that's what's the thumbnail for this video. So if you saw the thumbnail and you wanted to click into it just because you saw some amazing art, uh, that's what that's what you saw. That was the um, that was the D deck. Uh, so definitely go to Patreon.com/crimbly so that way you can be you can be ready for when they go up for sale again. <laughs> uh, so that brings us on to your current project. Uh, your current project is you are now going to complete the full Final Fantasy VII tarot card collection. This is kind of coming back full circle, right? Like mm -hmm. you know, your very first project, and now you're mm -hmm. it was the was the major, and now you're doing the the minor. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what can patrons expect? Um, yeah, so very 
very, uh, I guess, ambitious undertaking for me. Um, <laughs> How many cards? 78 total in the, so it's 56 in the minor. I have to go back and twiddle with some of the major. So because the major arcana has been released already and a lot of patrons have that deck, I wanted to make it just a bit different. So when I release the full deck, it's not just a repeat of what they already have. Um, and I thought the best way to do that, I haven't said this anywhere yet, so haha, exclusive. Um, hey, exclusive the way, FFTV. <laughs> the, the best way to do that would be to, since the remake came out, update the characters who have had costume upgrades to, um, to incorporate that into the major. So Tifa's going to be wearing her remake outfit, which I love. I love Tifa's remake outfit so much. Um, Me too. Yeah, so good. Um, so the minor is 56 cards, and I'm about... 17 i think 17 cards away from finishing the minor i'm gonna twiddle with the major gonna do all the formatting and so we're sort of looking at about six weeks before i release hopefully fingers crossed um and yeah so on patreon in addition to the completed cards patrons get works in progress um, and also the card explanations. So I don't really put that, I put it sort of willy-nilly on social media sometimes, but like why each character or each scenario was selected to represent each card. And so if you're not that familiar with tarots as well, if you're not as familiar with the stories behind each card, and there's a lot, like the tarots are amazing. This is something I never knew before I started researching for this deck, obviously, but um, all of the stories and uh why yeah why each card is each person or scenario so yeah i, I well, hope i'll go i'll go ahead and ask this question because there might be people view, that are viewing that don't know what tarot cards are um okay. like how, how what are tarot cards <laughs> okay well i'm not the best person to answer this question because i'm just a noob myself um right, and right. a lot of people so i've, I've got I'm, I'm apologizing to the people who take this very seriously because there are like there, there are quite sophisticated um, methods to, to divination with tarots. But so when I first started, tarots were like, I thought they were for, you know, fortune telling. Or that, that's, yeah, where I'm at. Yeah. You know, that's what media leads us to believe. There's this creepy lady with a crystal wall and she's dishing out tarot cards and saying, oh, you'll die in three days or whatever. So that's what I thought. And I'm like, what a, what a, you know, that's not, that's not interesting. But actually, um, if you look into a bit, I think, the best way to use them for normal, so, so people who aren't really into it on a daily basis is they have, each card has a meaning, but you can interpret the meanings yourself. So the meanings are quite loose, uh, open to interpretation, and you can ask, ask the cards questions, and there's a variety of different ways you can place cards, um, and they, they sort your own thoughts out more than or in a different way than you would if you were just thinking like you know if you're saying should i should i take this holiday to europe in the middle of the pandemic or something and you're you know and your your brain's going yes that sounds like a great idea let's do it and you pull out a card that says death or something then yeah, maybe you're really says no but, that card doesn't mean death, but like you know that, that that the cards offer you a different way of thinking um, and the way of thinking will still be obviously your own thoughts, but maybe differently organized, give you some insight into your own thought processes, which I think is really cool. Like yeah. I've actually, I've bought maybe three or four artists decks now <laughs> since I got into tarot. I've been buying tarot sets and like the way each different artists represent the card obviously is a part of the artists themselves as well. So there's a twofold 
interpretation in that. So each deck you buy is unique too. It's pretty cool. It's just awesome. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I think I want to buy some of your cards. Yeah. <laughs> cool I think on Patreon, on Patreon, once I finish the deck, I will um, talk more about how to use the deck. So yeah. uh, you, can do, you can do readings with just the major, but it's better to have a full deck. So I figure what I do is I'll do some... Um, do some very crude readings of my own if people wanted to say hey i got your tarot and i drew these cards what does it mean and i think that'd be quite fun for patrons <laughs> that would be cool also if the card is drawn upside down or yes. uh, like it, everything about the tarot cards has a meaning like um, yeah, look, at, look at benny benny knows yeah I, I, <laughs> I, I also know that the earliest rendition of the tarot cards was actually a playing card game back in the medieval times uh it wasn't always like a you know, predict the future thing. It was actually like a pass the time, have fun game kind of thing too. So I love having Vinny on the show. <laughs> I'm so happy that Vinny is part of Final Fan TV. This is an appreciation for Vinny. Uh, he just like, he'll like throw out these, uh, these really cool facts about like whatever we're talking about. He'll just come. Um, did you know? <laughs> In, information, <laughs> information you never know you needed. <laughs> It's, it's applicable in this case, so well done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you also have a project that you've been just kind of working on uh, when you can, right? That was the, the Shinra Photo uh, book, like Shinra Photo album. This is supposed to be something like, is it, it you know, I don't know, Red 13 and the, and the destroyed Midgar kind of finds it, you know, like the, like the, the memories of Shinra, right, right? So the photo book, I really really love now the photo book the problem with that the setbacks the main setback to that is like i was saying before it's hard to do anything when you don't have a set goal so i don't actually know what the finished product looks like which is hindering my process of it a little bit but the idea in the photo book was that there are photos so the each image is a photo and the photos are supposed to be something that you can find in in game so each photo is a snapshot of the normal lives of the Shinra employees, so the Shinra photo book. So the idea is when the book comes out, it'll be something that you might be able to find, you know, lying on Reeves' desk one day and he'll flip through it and and the the all of the text in there will be referring to the events of Final Fantasy as if they were happening, like as if they were real. So the premise is that the WRO, so obviously in Dirge of Cerberus, Shinra's collapsed and the WRO's funded like a massive data mining project into trying to collect as much information from the fallen Shinra as they can to help people. But there's in the process of that, they found all of these photos which show that the Shinra employees were leading their own lives. And I, I, I think that's like, that idea sits really closely to me that, you know, you go to work, you do terrible things <laughs> but maybe you're as an average Shinra employee, you're just a cog in the machine. You don't really think about what you're doing. Um, obviously, there's some real world uh, links there. But um, yeah, so so that's what that project's about. So there's a lot of um, say the first class soldiers at a New Year's party. Um, my favorite, personal favorite, is um, Hojo. <laughs> Hojo playing the piano at Hojo playing the piano as Scarlet watches at a New Year's party. There's one of um, Hojo holding newborn Sephiroth again as Gast tries to help him. Like this is how you hold a baby, Hojo. <laughs> and like so, they're all they're all, most of them are candid shots, which I think bring out emotions better than any other like you know post photography does. But it's 
it's imitating that sort of it's supposed to give you a look into the the lives of people outside of Shinra. Yeah. yeah. But you should do one I don't know where, when uh, you should do one where Sephiroth has to use a whole bottle of shampoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which photographer will get a glance into the Yeah, who's who's photo. doing that? Who's, <laughs> who's taking that photo? Definitely Genesis. Definitely yeah. Genesis. Oh boy. <laughs> there is actually there is in the collection right now, there's a picture of Genesis taking a selfie while he's in like the gym bathroom. So he's like, oh, no. <laughs> me. So that yeah, there's a few like that as well. So it's fun. Like it's supposed to give you a feeling of, hey, these were real people as well. You know, they did these terrible things, but mm -hmm. they also pose nude in the gym shower or they, they they were really bored in a meeting with HR, you know, like they don't know how to hold a child. It's just, it rounds them out, I think. So yeah. I, I wanna see cool. Sid doing everyday things, like <laughs> just being frustrated <laughs> all the time. If you like, there's actually, there is one image of Sid, so that's, um, and I'll, I'll link you later if you so the current image of Sid is him at the construction site of the rocket, um, and he's with Shira and Palmer, um, looking at <laughs> construction, so it's a candid, yeah, so I want to get everybody who was a Shinra employee in there, so Sid was a Shinra employee, um, mm -hmm. he's in there, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know when I'll finish this, there's so much, and there's more now with the remake, so really yeah. Cares. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So uh, that that uh, that concludes all of your projects that you, you that you have worked on and that you are currently working on. So um, if you're watching this one more time, uh, I just really want to um, promote this. I want you to go to Patreon.com/crimbly. C-R-I-M-B-L-Y. Um, obviously wait until after the show because we're, we're about to go talk about something else so uh, but <laughs> the links will be in the description so click on that um, and yeah and support uh, and then you'll for your support for your for being a patreon you'll also get access to you know looks into the process which is really cool too uh, for me I really love seeing your doodle like I guess I call them a doodle, but like you just kind of doodled in like quick circles and just kind of like created the the outline of what you're the the rough idea of what you want to do. Um, you had this one for uh, the like so at the end of Final Fantasy VII remake when they're walking into the portal. That is such a such an awesome. It's been in the uh, in the rotation uh, in in the video here, but such an awesome uh, artwork there. I, I love it. And then you also on your Patreon you get an inside look at their process like the the rough sketches the okay taking the rough sketch making an outline and you know going from there so really cool stuff uh there it is right there nice <laughs> <laughs> it just popped up on there I it just, is just want to also say like for any like members of patron who are watching that it, like it is crucially important to me and i am just infinitely thankful that people would pledge like support however they can like it doesn't matter if it's a buck like it all adds up and I cannot believe that I am able to do this like most days thanks to patron for the last three or four years um because and people who've been with me for a while and I like it's amazing I've had followers who've been with me for like 10 years which is like wow thank you, like, who have been with me a while, who would know that a few years ago, before I started Patreon, I was in a pretty bad situation, and I needed to, <laughs> needed to change life a bit, um, and so I never imagined 
like patron was a pretty act of desperation and I never imagined that it would lead me here. So I'm always, I cannot thank my patrons enough. So thank you guys so much. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, let's talk about Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> let's, let's talk about Final Fantasy VII because when, uh, when we were talking, trying to organize a, uh, and schedule a day to do this, um i just i was just like so uh you, you like final fantasy or, or like what, what's your favorite final fantasies i think that's what i said and you said my favorite final fantasies are 15 and 7 and i went well i mean i feel like we can do a two-part but <laughs> a two-part <laughs> podcast because those are my favorite final fantasy <laughs> like those, awesome. are, those are 15 uh sometimes it, it like I, I sometimes i want to bump in like 10 and put it as, as number two or like you know like sometimes it just kind of like alters but I love Final Fantasy 15 as well, so I can't wait to talk about that one with you. But let's mm -hmm. talk about seven first because seven is at the top of mine, my, yes. my favorite Final Fantasy. And I know Vinny, um, is it? It's seven, right, Vinny, or is it ten? Seven and ten are like tied for first. Okay. It, they're they're it's seven for depends. this conversation, okay? <laughs> yeah, seven for this conversation. <laughs> so so uh, you said earlier in the show that you wanted to tell a story, or you 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 mentioned a story about. Final Fantasy VII and what it means to you and how you, I guess, how you discovered it. I want to know. Okay. Um, let's see if I can organize this properly. Um, so my first introduction to Seven, I was 13 years old at school and one of my classmates brought in, it was, I, I don't know where it went. I, it's an original Japanese playthrough guide of the original game. Um, and it had some artwork now that you actually can't find online very easily, but like some of the original artwork, some of the um, original sketches and like instructions on how to play the game. And I flipped through this book and I'm like, this is awesome. Like the artwork is awesome. And I bought that book of him for, I think like $8 or something. I'm pretty sure it's worth a lot now if I ever went to <laughs> sure Um, Cause you just, it's, it's rare, right? It's a, I've never seen it. So that led me to want to play the game. Now at the time, um, so we had just immigrated to Australia. Um, we weren't very well off, so me, mom and dad. Um, and it was unthinkable at the time for them to be able to say, yes, let's buy you a PlayStation and video game. I mean, what's that? So it, I just couldn't, like I couldn't even, it feels wrong of me to ask at the time. Like it would have been unthinkable for me to go, hey, mom and dad, buy me a PlayStation. Um, but I did. I said, hey, mom, I really like the look of this game. Like, I know, I know this is hard, but can I, like, is there any way I can get this game? And so it was 13, year old, 13 years old. She said, okay, here, I'll make you a deal. So at the time, so there's a school in this state. So the best, the best high school in the state is a select entrance school, and you have to pass an entrance exam. And um, the, you do that exam when you're 13, 14. Um, and she said, I'd make you a deal. If you get into the school, um, then I'll get you the game. You have one year to prepare. So that was 13, 13 to 14, one year to prepare, entrance exams, get into the school, get Final Fantasy VII. And then that's what happened. She was like, no, I want to get this game. I'm gonna get this. And in the meantime, of course, the internet wasn't too big a thing. So I like, but I, I went on fanfiction.net, which was a thing at the time. So I actually read a lot of stories about the seven characters without playing seven. So my like canon was all jumbled. No idea what was real and what was, what was fanon and what was canon. Um, so I got into the school 
And then I just vivid memories of going to the shopping mall to pick up a PlayStation. So PlayStation One. <laughs> Some of our viewers might be too young for this.、Um, PlayStation oh, One. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> PlayStation One at the time was being phased out, so they just brought out PlayStation Two.、Um, mm-hmm. You could still buy PlayStation One, but most of the games had gone. So I went. My mum and I went around this whole shopping mall. Trying to find Final Fantasy VII, we found Final Fantasy VI. We found Vagrant Story, which I think is really hard to do these days now as well.、Yeah. We found Final Fantasy VIII, and it's just like <laughs> none of the stores were carrying VII. And so at the last store we went to, which was like an all-purpose like Kmart, and the the clerk's like, "No, we don't have VII, but have you tried David Jones?" I don't think you guys have David Jones in the states, but David Jones is like a high-end department store. Like you buy fashion items there. They、mm. have a tech department, but it's quite small. Um, they're like, you know, try David Jones. It's the last place you haven't looked. So we went to David Jones, and it was the last copy they had to dig out of the drawers and out the back. It's like one last <laughs> copy of Final Fantasy VII. Here you go. And it was just like, oh my gosh.、Um, so that was how I got VII. <laughs> Now after I got VII, playing through it,、um, I just for some reason really attached to Hojo. And I think there's a bit of a story there as well, but I won't tell it now. But I was like, "Oh yeah, Sergio, he's great." And I, you know, at the time, you know, you're you're 16. You're like, "What am I going to do with the rest of my life?" You're starting to get career talks from your high school counselors,、um, and I was like, "Maybe I can, maybe I can be a scientist." You know, I want to be a scientist like Sergio because at the time, like, you know, not like Sergio, no <laughs> not maybe not quite like Sergio, but <laughs> there was no way in my this is I there was no way I was going to be an artist like、uh, just、mm. I was talking myself out of it every. Everybody was talking me out of it. There's no money in it. You can't support yourself. Blah blah blah. For various reasons, that was never on my mind. And I'm like, maybe I could be a scientist. Now, in year ten, so 15 years old, they get you to do work experience from high school. So you go to a place, an industry, you shadow the industry professionals for a, a week just to see what the industry's like.、Um, and at the time, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I'm like, I love animals. So there was a local vet clinic I could go to to do my work experience. And I went to the Vet clinic, and the second day I was there, somebody brought in a pregnant cat, and the pregnant cat's name was Lucretia.、Um, so <laughs> Lucretia was having babies.、Um, so at the time, also,、um, so mum and dad and I, situations improved a bit. We just moved into actually a property that we could have pets in.、Uh, before that, we were in like small apartments. We were renting. We couldn't have pets, and having pets was another one of those things. I could not ask my parents for, but like a pregnant cat named Lucretia was having kittens, like she was having babies. So I called mom and dad. I'm like, mom, dad, you'll never believe this because they hear me talk about Seven all the time. I'm like, oh my god, we have to get one of these kittens, and I have to name it Sephiroth. Like it just has to happen, and all of the stars aligned, I think, for that to happen. Now, of course, dad, dad at the time he was like, oh no, you know, animals in the house <laughs> don't really want that, and of course he loves the cat now. Everybody loves the cat. But yeah, that's what happened. Like I got a cat.、Um, the family who owned the cat was like, "Oh, we didn't intend her to get pregnant, so we were just <laughs> give the kittens away." Yeah, you like- know, and if you are going to be a vet, you'll be a good home. So please, you know, pick a kitten if you want. So yeah, that was、wow. if the cat's name hadn't been Lucretia. Um, if <laughs> I hadn't been at work experience that day, and I wasn't. So into seven.、Uh, here's the other part of the story. So the kittens started coming out. One of the kittens, the first kitten, came out not breathing, and the vet had to take it out the back to give it resuscitation.、Um, 
Um, and that was so cool watching that impressionable 15 year old going, oh my God, they're resuscitating this tiny kitten. She's giving this tiny, it was this big, tiny mm -hmm. kitten mouth to mouth. And then a kitten lived, like she saved that kitten. I'm like, this is amazing. This is what I want to do. So without all of those things aligning, I would have never gotten my cat. I would not have been a vet. So after that was when I decided I'm going to pursue this career path. So that's how seven. That's so, <laughs> what? That is really, really cool. Yeah. Just like uh, all of your, all of these things just come together. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not kidding when I say seven changed my life or at least uh, yeah. set me on a path. It's definitely true. Like all of those yeah. things together is how I got where I was. That's ago. incredible. That's incredible. That's a that's a really cool story. <laughs> I do like it. It's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's one of my Final Fantasy Seven favorite stories now too. Yeah. Well, if, I was you go say. My, if you go on my Patreon, there's actually on my community. You might have seen a picture of Sefi. Um, Sefi is a girl. Uh, the creature had only girl kittens, but I didn't care. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Kittens is named Sephiroth. It's <laughs> no gonna be name. Sephiroth. Yeah, no other name. It's cat. <laughs> did, did did they explain why the cat's name was Lucretia? Like, was it because well, just, of Final Fantasy VII? Or no, they just, just, just liked the name. name. They just liked the name. Wow. So it was, and and the thing, <laughs> in my in my three years full time at a veterinary clinic, it's actually really rare. I've never seen it personally after becoming a vet. It's very rare for people to bring in a pregnant cat to the clinic because they usually take care of themselves. And the family only did that because they were a bit worried about her. But I've not seen a cat giving birth at a clinic since. So that's another wow. stop. Yeah, incredible. That's, that is crazy. Uh, Akuma Ration says, uh, if that's not meant to be, I don't know that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Wow. So the, I can I can obviously put to, put it together now that Final Fantasy VII and why it means so much to you. Um, yeah, uh, we actually did a full podcast celebrating Final Fantasy VII. Uh, it was, you know, of course, you know, Final Podcast Seven. So go check out the, <laughs> when Final Podcast Seven came along. We we did a special on it, and we all kind of like gave our um, testimonials, I guess, of why it means so much to us. So if you wanna if you, if you want to find out why it means so much to us at Final Fan TV, if you're watching this, please check out Final Podcast 7. Um, so what are your thoughts on Final Fantasy 7 Remake? I love it, actually. Uh, there was a lot of hesitation. Like I, like a lot of old school fans, felt a little bit of trepidation, like a little bit of anxiety with the remake. Because um, mm -hmm. obviously the original means so much and there's no way they can recreate that feeling in old school fans, right? You guys understand, like there's no way they were going to make something to replace or even like come as close to meaning something as much as the original did. So I really actually was pleasantly surprised by the direction they took. Now, spoilers, again, spoilers. Um, I like the way they acknowledged that the original canon actually did happen. I think that's what they mm -hmm. were going for. The original story is still there, but they've deviated from it. And this feels like an alternate way things could have gone. I think that was a really clever way of approaching it because yes, you still have the characters you love, but here they are on a slightly different journey. 
And so mm. you have the nostalgia factor tying you to the remake, but you still don't know what's going what's gonna to happen now, especially at the end of the remake, right? It's like crazy. Is everything's just going <laughs> to spiral out of control? Like, are we still going to get the storyline we had? Sephiroth is completely different. Mm. Um, and I didn't, I didn't like it until the end when everything clicked. It felt like he had been through it all. And he's like, actually, no, I don't like the way things were. I'm going to change things up. And people have opinions on whether that's good or not, but I, I, I really liked it. I really, really enjoyed it. And obviously it's pretty as hell, right? Ew, the oh my frat, God, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. All of the characters are beautiful. Um, there were, they, there were they, moments when I would just stop and, yeah. and just rotate the camera. Uh, I, especially oh. in, in Midgar, in the Sector yeah. 7 stuff. Just look, just look up. And, yeah. and I, I, I would just sit there for a while playing final fantasy every almost like cloud would take a couple steps and i just look and just like oh wow there there's, there's that oh. there's, there's the training area that's just yeah <laughs> and the great thing about the great thing about us old fans is we'll recognize elements from the old game like rendered in hd you know the claw thing they had in sector six and like you know the whole of sector six was amazing oh just just incredible um to be able to run it like felt immersed in that environment so mm -hmm. i was very very pleased with the art direction i was very pleased with the main cast so i think they built on the main cast quite well i love the direction they're going for with tifa and Aerith because for some reason fans are still fighting about cloud and Aerith and cloud and tifa I'm like why just it's so boring but the remake is kind of like, well, you know what? They're besties and there's nothing you can yeah, do now with they're that. Best, now, now they're best friends. Or maybe, yeah, and maybe more. <laughs> I'm looking for the maybe more element of this. I'm like, maybe they can ditch Cloud altogether. Who needs Cloud? Yeah, um, so I really about this Cloudy Clareth. It's free. It's, it's <laughs> what do they call it? Tifa? Clareth? Airty? I don't clarity. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. I just it's so boring. I just I hate yeah. it, there's one element of fandom that I dislike intensely. It's the mm. inviting. I was like, who cares? I thought it was like I thought for, for a while um that it was just kind of fun. Like I thought people were doing it for fun, but there are there are those who there just are, really, really take it serious. Very serious people out there and I just I think it's quite boring. But anyway, yeah. that's so I think that the, the, the fact that there is like that kind of stuff, like the shipping and stuff like that, I think that's a testament to the characters, the character development yes. and, and yeah, yes. and the story writing. So I think it's fine we'll, to ship we'll if you don't hassle other people about what they Yeah, ship. just don't hassle people. Do your don't thing if you want it. See, you yeah. don't have enough in your life to worry about. Anyway, so yeah. I, I think the main cast is great. I think Barrett, actually, Barrett was never my one of my favorites in the original, but I think they fleshed him out quite well. And obviously the voice acting, like yeah. John Eric Bentley, like, what a legend, like just incredible voice acting. And like yes. Song, um, Vic Chow Song, I was, and this was just me, I don't know whether this is real or not, I can detect a, a little bit of an Asian accent in Song's voice, which makes me truly very happy, like the representation they had going there as well. And obviously, yeah. um, um, oh, I've forgotten his name, James. The, the VA for Hojo, the new VA for Hojo, is also someone of an Asian background. And it just, like, I love that. It was fantastic. I hope, yeah. I hope they flesh out some of the minor characters a bit more. Not thrilled about Hojo at the moment. Um, but besides that, I love it. I love remake. Not thrilled with Hojo, like how they, how they fleshed him out or just? They haven't. They, so with Hojo, I think original game and crisis call in particular <clears throat> crisis call did this the best i reckon is he's obviously a moral he's 
he's mm. evil, whatever you want to call it, but he's also really fun. Like he's a troll. He <laughs> likes to mess with people, but in a way that they don't often detect. Like they're mm. like, are you are you trolling me or just being weird? Like Hojo and Zach's dynamic in Crisis Call is just, I love it. It's just, it's great. Um, so I'm hoping for more of that, like the the fun element in um, remake. Whereas at the moment, I feel like he's quite one one dimensional. He's just there to be an antagonist. He's just there to suggest, oh, you know, let's torture Aerith. That whole scene, I just I didn't didn't like it. Didn't like it. Yuck. Um, (laughs) I'm glad they wrote Red 13 out of it though that look that was a troll in my opinion in the original game that was him going let's see you know like I'm going to make up this complete bullshit but I'm glad they wrote that out of it because people were taking that seriously and I hated it every time it came up (laughs) you tell someone you're a Hojo fan that's the first thing they bring up Um, (laughs) so you like doing that huh you like that little Like, I, can't be expl- I can't be bothered explaining this for the 50th time, but... Um. So, so uh, since Hojo is your favorite, are you excited for Remake Part 2 to have Hojo hanging out at Costa del Sol? Just yeah, yes! So There's the so fun. The fun that time. is the fun, yeah, so that is the fun element. That is him, you know, like, Cloud goes, what are you doing here? He says, I'm getting a tan. Like, obviously. <laughs> In full lab coat. In full like, lab, the- lab attire. And you have the, the girls around him going, oh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind being a specimen if it was for Professor I, I love that. That was one of my favorite favorite elements. I'm really hoping they make that in yeah me too there that's that's what i'm saying like there's so many moments from the original final fantasy that could just that just carry the excitement anyway you know um there's so many locations and and moments like that that's that's great uh uh so we also have our uh thoughts on final fantasy 7 remake uh it's final podcast 7 remake is if you want to if you want to if you want to check that one out we have our unfiltered thoughts on it um i personally I say unfiltered. <laughs> don't don't think super negative. I, I say that it, you know I have my I have my own personal thoughts on it where I just be I was super conflicted. Um, mm. As just like you, uh, Final Fantasy VII, the original means so much to me, uh, and the story, the characters, and everything. Um, so when remake did their thing, I had I had conflicting thoughts. I will say now that I love mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII Remake. It was my game of the year last year. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's just fantastic on all, all, on all levels. <laughs> so, uh, Vinny, uh, fan question? Uh, it's not so much as a question, but a, uh, um, sounds like a, a strong burning desire. Um, Akumarations <laughs> asks... Hojo again? <laughs> uh, Krim. <laughs> Krim, please draw Hojo suntanning in a lab coat. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes. I feel like I feel like it's an oversight that I haven't yet, but it's one of those scenes where I'm like I don't want to get it wrong. Like it means there's actually um, and I should I should put this in link somewhere. A few of my favorite artists who have done that quite well, and I'm a bit intimidated now. I'm like I don't want to do that because they've already done it. Um, yeah, but but yes, I I should. I've done a few of Hojo on the beach, but not sun tanning. I should. It, yeah. it can go in that uh, candid Shinra photo. Oh. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Good suggestion. <laughs> I'm sun tanning, obviously. I'm getting a tan. <laughs> um, so Final Fantasy 15. I want to switch gears to Final Fantasy 15. I loved Final Fantasy 15. Uh, the the lead up to Final Fantasy 15's launch 
um i was probably the most hype i had ever been for a game since mass effect 3 um and yeah i was i was just so hyped for final fantasy 15 um yeah obviously final fantasy 7 remake surpassed that hype level but <laughs> but yeah uh, when final fantasy 15 came out I, I played it i loved it my wife was pregnant at the time and uh the whole father son dynamic click the yeah the 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 brotherhood click i I'm, i've always been a sucker for like stories of brotherhood and and um and a coming of age story so all three of these themes just kind of came together for this for this game and i think that's why i love it so much um it's a it's a very focused final fantasy um like it's focused on noctis and his journey um there is so much lore um in the final fantasy 15 universe if you dig if you if you or if you if not if you dig if you just look <laughs> you know what i mean like if you just kind of look around um so yeah this thing is a blessing this for there anyone who hasn't read this gotta read this it's great i'm gonna be honest with you krim i didn't, didn't read like it, it. I, well, I didn't read it because like when it came out, um, I heard rumors about what they were doing with it, like how they were going to kind of change the ending. And I was like, oh, man, I don't I don't like that. I kind of really liked what Noctis yes. did at the end. Uh, we were talking to Dan Sito um, on the last podcast, uh, final final podcast. The great guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, he's he's awesome. He was a lot of fun to talk to. And he worked on uh, worked as the community manager leading up to the release and at the release of Final Fantasy 15. And he made up a good, he made a good point. He said that um, Final Fantasy 15 is kind of the only Final Fantasy where the main character or the, the, the team doesn't defy destiny. And I was like, I like that. And um, yeah, and then I saw the book <laughs> and I was like, I was like, uh-oh. So the yeah. book is going to kind of, uh, you know, reintroduce this destiny aspect to it. So same misgiving, but yes, go on. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I went on your Twitter and I, and, uh, uh, I was just looking for some artwork to put in the uh, slideshow. And I saw that you posted about the dawn of the future book and you were like, Oh my God, this book is amazing. I'm not going to spoil anything. And I was like, uh Oh, I should probably <laughs> like try to catch up on this before we have our conversation. That's okay. So I watched, I watched final, um, not final, uh, yeah, the final fantasy peasant, which just i'm sure everybody who's watching a final fantasy podcast knows about the final fantasy peasant um yeah he he did this really cool breakdown video of the book and i started watching it i watched about half and i said wait this sounds this sounds this sounds really cool <laughs> i'm gonna stop and i ordered it on amazon and it comes in on monday so i'm just gonna read, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read it fantastic <laughs> But I, I I do know I know the gist of it, so I, I I know um I know the whole thing, so we can talk about it freely if you want. Um, so spoilers for the book if you haven't read the book or if you're interested in it. Um, I know what happens throughout it, but I didn't know all the intricate details until Peasant broke it down for me, and I was like, I want to read that. Uh, but yeah, so so Noctis and Noctis uh kind of defies destiny <laughs> in this one. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of gonna, I was going to ask you what did you, what did you think of that with Bahamut being the main villain? I so I just want to backtrack a bit and just fifteen in general. Um, fifteen in general. The first thing I'm going to say is I was not excited about fifteen at all. Um, so getting into fifteen itself was um, a story, uh, another story. But if talking about Dawn of the Future first, I. Okay. 
think it rounds out the 15 story quite well so mm. i think it helps or like if you read the book and i'm gonna if i'm wrong somebody will correct me but after reading the book it feels like it was meant to be there all along so mm. obviously we had the cancelled dlcs which was sad very very sad mm -hmm. um the cancelled <laughs> dlcs and um and the story of 15 yes did feel complete at the end and i was i was a little bit hesitant about a story that would undo noctis's sacrifice right so the yes. whole of 15 was about sacrifice it was about um succumbing to fate um the greater good the bond between individuals um as you're challenging fate like who can challenge fate um, so I didn't really like that they were bringing something that I thought was just going to correct the story so that fans yeah. can go, oh, they're not actually dead. Great. Hooray. A happy ending. But Dawn of the Future actually feels like the reverse side of a coin. So the, the head side is obviously what happened in 15. Like if you follow your fate, this is what will happen. The reverse side is if you challenge your fate you can still like, this is what will happen. And I like that they challenge their fate because mm. from the very beginning in 15, my question was, why are they going ahead with this? There must be a, another better way to go about this. Like, why are they just taking Bahamut's word for everything? Like, why does Luna have to sacrifice herself for this? Like, you know, th there must be better ways. What are the gods? The gods always felt like, the astrals felt like they were withholding information from these people that they tasked with saving the world. Like, why are these people saving the world? Why can't the gods do something? And I think Dawn of the Future is what answers that, that the gods and Bahamut had their own agenda, um, that it could be challenged. You know, they were giving lies, false information to um, humans so that the humans did the dirty work and um, saved the world without them. And I, it feels complete. You know, it feels like that book answered my questions. Whereas when I was playing through 15, I was like, is this a plot hole? Like, did they just not think about this? Yeah, so I <laughs> was really happy. This is Final Fantasy. You can do this. You can do this. <laughs> Didn't like it. Did you guys know that you're in a Final Fantasy game? <laughs> <laughs> exactly you're supposed right. to fight a god at the end. What are you doing? <laughs> oh. Exactly right. So I just, I always was on team Niflheim from the start, right? I was like, yeah, kill the gods, you know, defy <laughs> destiny, like destroy the crystal, whatever they were going for, restore Solheim to glory. You know, I actually was on Edelus' side. I was on Emperor Aldercap's side from Kingsglaive. Like, why, oh, are the, <laughs> why are the Lucians doing this? And they really yeah, yeah Regis uh, was just like, okay, well, if that's the thing. I mean, I mean it, in, in the, the original game story, I don't know if it takes away from it because it does tell the story of a dad like who knows what's going yeah. to happen, but he has to see it through for the greater of the, of the world, which I guess is what they thought was the greater of the world. But, you know, who, who, who would have thought to like just to defy, like, yeah. oh, okay, well, that's my fate. Nah. <laughs> nah i'm not gonna do that the um emphasis, yeah the emphasis in 15 was always on the re interpersonal relationships right mm -hmm. so if you play 15 right a lot of people's criticism of 15 i think is that it didn't feel like it went too fast the story was very uh it took a while to set up and then it just banged straight to the end yeah right? once you get to all people, tissues people play 15 without playing the side quests <laughs> and that just 
like the point of playing 15 i think is to play the side quest so you spend as long as you can with your brothers mm-hmm. and then at the end chapter 13 is so crushing <laughs> once you've yeah. bonded with those boys and yeah. then you know, noctis is going into the throne room and he's saying prompto can you pull out a photo and you have to like you have to go back through the photos you've taken i was like in tears for all of chapter 13 i was just like this is this is what they did and then chapter 13 of course at the end just kept coming right the, was it chapter 13 or 14 the final chapter um you defeat arden and then you get this like slideshow of all of your photos <laughs> why are they doing this in um, the campfire scene afterwards yeah oh, wow. right exactly so you wouldn't have you wouldn't have strong feelings like that if you didn't didn't bond with the boys which was i think the emphasis of 15 was never really i feel was never really on the grander scheme of you know just yeah like gods and bahamut and fate yeah destroying the scourge it was more about you spending time with your friends you know children who were cast into a role that they weren't prepared for having to inherit the sins of their elders and like Mm -hmm. being kids on a road trip while they had to save the world i think that was really like really yeah. heartfelt and people don't i think a lot of people dismiss that aspect of 15. Anyway, yeah, you, i forgot what i was talking about before that <laughs> no you, you hit the nail on the head for me like that, that's exactly what it meant to me um mm. and like the coming of age story uh too with with noctis mm. like you know starts off and and i don't like how people say like he was whiny it's like no he was just the no. guy he, didn't, he just wanted to hang out with his oh. friends you know and like i didn't want to i don't want to have to do all this stuff i'm just trying he to go was never over raised. He was never yeah. raised to be king. He was intentionally never raised to be king, which, you know, mm. some people would say that was wrong with Regis, but mm. he wasn't prepared. And that was, a, yeah, coming of age. That was a really big part of that story. That's mm. why I love, um, I love the time jump too, because when he comes out and he's got his beard and like, he's like, <laughs> you know, he looks much older and mature and like he wiser. And like, I just, I just love that whole ending just, just yeah. man it's so good <laughs> it's, it's um, really really hurts like that game really really hurts <laughs> um, um yeah. Vinny, could you read that one from from accumulations uh sure the the most recent one yes so accumulation says i was lost in life when final fantasy 15 came out and the game's dynamics really saved me and allowed me to get back on my feet yeah exactly I'd, I'd love to, yeah the, that, that's the most the most seeing i think i i see that being said about 15 more than any other final fantasy um because you know i've been online for 25 years like just that is what people say about 15 when they say it's their favorite final fantasy it's actually so many people have 15 connected to a major life event and if i have time for one more story if i have time for one more story i feel like you I've have about- as much time as you want like i don't want to keep you uh we've already we've been talking for two hours but i, I i'm i'm fine i'm fine with talking. <laughs> um so <laughs> no, the fact that 15 so 15 means a lot to a lot of people and 15 means a lot to me as well maybe not quite as dramatic as my seven story but mm-hmm. um i how I got into Final Fantasy 15 was I never really I was never hype I played seven and I I'm sorry I haven't played any of the others <laughs> I have not played any other Final Fantasy I have played <laughs> of most of them and I have seen bits of them played and I know the stories and I had to research to do artwork but that's it and I never intended to play 15 it wasn't exciting but my best friend 
um, whose name is Eel. Um, hopefully she'll tune in to some of this if I link her. Um, so my best friend Eel lives interstate. Uh, she comes over to visit, uh, used to be a couple of times, a few times a year to do conventions and things. Um, so once she came over to visit and she said, oh, there's a movie out, there's a Final Fantasy movie out in the cinema at the moment called Kingsclave. And um, I really want to see it, but nobody will see it with me. Um, and I'm here now, so can you come and see it with me? And I went, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm like, Final Fantasy movies. Why aren't they usually really bad? And let's not talk about having children because like that's another, I'm like, I don't really enjoy Final Fantasy movies. And she's like, oh, come on, you know, just come with me, do it as a favor. I'll buy you a ticket. I really want to see this movie because she's in love with Sean Bean. I'm sorry, Eel. She's in love with Sean Bean. So she's like, Sean Bean, I really want to see it. And I'm like, fine, fine. He's in, doesn't she? And of course, he the king, and you're like, well, I know where this story's going. But yeah, well, well, it's Sean Bean, yeah. and he's in a movie. Yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> um, so I said, okay, fine, I'll go see it. Just do it as a favor. It's nice. And just it exceeded all expectations, which mm -hmm. is probably because I didn't go in with any. <laughs> um, but it was just, it was incredible. When the movie started, I was like, oh, here we go. Another fantasy, like another fantasy versus science trope I'm, like, I'm not interested but the more the movie went on the more i was like yeah this is actually really interesting because i love regis i have the biggest crush on regis sorry biggest crush on king regis biggest crush on hojo I'll, I'll give you that oh yes, yes. It's a, it's a um biggest crush on uh eatless older cat the emperor and you know the scene where they're doing the treaty and they the treaty goes awry and they face off that explosive bit where yeah. the emperor pulls out his gun regis gets out his armature oh it's just amazing and i went this is so cool i i mm. love this and of course over time i got really attached to glaives as well the glaives were never on my radar the first viewing i was like regis heedless and i thought <laughs> i thought i thought this was going to be a game about that conflict i thought it was a human like a, a human conflict they were going to have in 15 i'm like that's different from most final fantasies and then they proved me wrong but whatever um <clears throat> so i thought they were going to give me more backstory in 15 about regis and eatless and that's what i was looking forward to and so 15 came out and i was actually a little bit disappointed at the start um because all like 15 doesn't reference kingslave much at all like, where is, where are all the insomnian refugees? Yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody mentions Trotus ever again. So Glocka, who was just, he was an exceptional antagonist, right? He is, nobody else, like, is he a demon? Is he tech? Is he, what is he? Nobody explains that. My biggest crush mm -hmm. on Titus Trotus. I love Trotus. I love Adrian Boucher, who's, who plays Trotus. Um, Man, he loves that character too. I don't know if you've, oh, you've seen He's him. incredible. He's a great guy as well. If you ever have him on the show, he's, he is a fantastic, really I'd love to talk to him. Yeah. Liam Mulvey, you've talked to? Yeah, I've talked to Liam Mulvey. Um, and so I was actually speaking of Liam Mulvey, I was really happy when Comrades came out because that was a tie in between 15 and Kingsglaive, finally. Yeah. But anyway, Kingsglaive came out. I was obsessed. Um, and I started drawing 15. and one of the first pieces I posted onto Twitter. So I got Twitter, I posted, and I'm like, I want to draw Regis. And then I found out that they used real faces for a lot yeah. of the cast. So um, John Campling, who plays uh, King Regis, he, that was his face. And I looked up 
his face. <laughs> and I looked at pictures of him and I'm like, this is the most insanely beautiful man I have ever seen in my life. Like, <laughs> this man is gorgeous. And it, like, cause in real life he has long hair, right? He's princess hair. And so I got a portrait of him and I, I painted a portrait of him and I put it on Twitter and I was like, I'm gonna tag him. Cause I didn't, that wasn't a thing I ever did. And I'm like, I bet he would never even see it, but I'll tag him. And then like five years later, he goes, oh, it's a great picture. And then he followed me on Twitter. <laughs> I, like, okay. I love it. Yeah, he, he shared, he retweeted our, uh, our advertising yes, for the, this podcast. Great guy. I, was, it's like, I was like, oh, wow. What an honor to be retweeted by the literal king. Thank you. Literal another, honor. Thank you. <laughs> another great guy. And then later on, of course, like through KruperCon, I got to meet Liam. I got to meet Adrian. <laughs> When I met Adrian, I was just like, people around were laughing at me because I couldn't talk. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I don't blame you. Like, when, he, when I met Adrian, because we were talking online a little bit, and you know, I came out and went, oh, you must be crim. And he held my hands. Like, if you've ever had your hands held by like a... Anyway, that's not... Anyway. <laughs> so I started thinking, like, I'm like, oh, so people are interested in my artwork. And even like King Regis, like he liked my work. So maybe, maybe being an artist is something I could do. Now, at the time, I was actually going through a really rough patch from my vet job. Um, I don't really want to go into that too much, but it was looking, it was a very difficult time. And actually, a lot of my friends, my partner now, my best friend, Eel, like, if I didn't have them around, who knows what would have happened. Mm -hmm. But it was because of that movie that I went, oh, I could try something else. You know, it gave me the, the, the will to do something else. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try doing this if it doesn't work out, I still had plans to do whatever crazy thing I was trying to do. So um, 15 actually ended up uh, saving my life in a oh. res in some respects. And I, and I tell this to the cast as well. Every time I <clears throat> come across them, I'm like, you guys saved my life. You, you probably hear that a lot, but like, yeah, so that was 15. That's why 15 oh. is up there in terms of influences and important, uh, <clears throat> important life things as well yeah. wow. well thank you for sharing that story um <laughs> that is crazy yeah the, the, the final fantasy 7 and 15 had such significant impact on you yeah. that is really cool um yeah for me like i said uh my wife was pregnant at the time and the, the whole father-son thing really clicked so yeah and so I, like you said everybody you talk to 15 is going to have this this impact and i think that's so special uh yeah. 15 has that impact and so does um seven just the, everybody i talk to they're always like oh i have a final fantasy seven story you know and i'm like yes let's hear it you know yeah. so wow so thank you so much for sharing the those stories that's uh, i i really appreciated hearing it i love hearing about how much this franchise either you know whether it's a particular game in the franchise or just the franchise as a whole how it's impacted people's lives um i love hearing about it it's one of the reasons why i started this the show and having guests on um so i can you know get to know more about it plus with the with the with the virus going on you you, you can't really talk to people anyway so now, <laughs> no. now you get to you get to meet new people um that share a common interest and you know, this has been a great conversation with you, uh, and I really appreciate you sharing your stories, an inside look at your art, um, and yeah. Uh, now you asked if we if we had time. Uh, this is completely up to you, but we do have a, a little mini game for you if you want to play <laughs> a little mini game to close out the show. Yeah. Well, you, okay, all right. So yeah. so Vinny Let's put this one together. 
Uh, so this is a uh, kind of tapping into your your veterinarian uh, <laughs> as well as your Final <laughs> Fantasy 7 and 15 love. So go ahead and take it away, Vinny. All right. So I'm going to share. Oh, I'm my sorry. Screen. While while Vinny gets that ready, uh, let me ask anybody who's who's in chat right now if you have a fan question. Uh, we're gonna we'll open that up as well. So if you if you have a question, uh, we'll read it out loud while while we play the game. All right. Uh, you need to allow me to share my screen. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, let's see. Let's see. So I'll just go over the rules real quick. So, you know, this is going to be kind of like Final Fantasy Vet Anatomy. Um, there's going to be an image of a creature, and you have to guess what that creature is. Oh, and then, and then that cre <laughs> that creature is going to have a status ailment, and you have oh, to no. tell us <laughs> you have to tell us what item you're going to use to fix that status ailment on the creature. Oh now, my god! So in your inventory, you have all of the items needed to uh, heal the creature. They're all Final Fantasy either seven or fifteen items that would stat <laughs> that would heal the status ailment. Um, and you also have a remedy, which will cure. You have one remedy, which will cure any status element if you can't get it. Um, and uh, your white mage is actually in the office today, so she can use Asuna once. Okay. Okay. So that's 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 two status elements you got to pass on. Mm -hmm. All right, are you ready? All right, let's do it. All right. Can you see? Yes, I. Ah, oh, yes. That. So, am I guessing the the creature? Yes. That looks like Red Thirteen. Correct. That is Red Yay. Thirteen. Red Thirteen came in, and uh, he was poisoned. <laughs> How are you going to fix Red Thirteen? Poison is. Oh my God! This is most obvious. Antidote. Yes. Correct. Vinny, I'm having a little difficulties here with the uh, with the screen share. Oh, oh, what? Uh, oh, what is it like on Twitch? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of wild right now. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I see it. Ah, he's doing it through Zoom. It's it's pretty wild, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what is going on there. So let me just. That's not uh, good because you're our tech guy. Yeah, <laughs> I can't even tell you how to fix this. <laughs> let me start a new scene. Um. Total one oh thing. my god, there's so many red <laughs> 13s got, on the little, screen. It got a little wild there once you did the shared screen. Um, <laughs> right, I win the game default. Woo. Yeah, you win the game by default. D default winner. <laughs> oh my god, I need a window capture. There we go. Here it comes, guys. Just, just bear with me real quick. It just like, it came up as a, um, as a full screen. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's not allowing me to do anything. Add a new source. Here we go. I think, yeah. Give me a second. Sorry about this. So, uh, that, that you got <laughs> it correct. <laughs> 100%. Red 13. Woo! There you go. Is it working now? Yeah, I got it. Okay. So, here's our next creature coming in. Ah, uh, that's a cactuar. Yes. Woo. And the cactuar came in. Gone. I don't want to heal it. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> well, he came in with petrification. So he turned uh -huh. to stone. Oh, okay. Good. 
Leave him like that. <laughs> Leave him like, <laughs> him like that. <laughs> uh, uh, petrification is soft, I believe. Correct. Woo! Man, Our... if only my real job was this easy. <laughs> <laughs> Our next creature. Ah, uh, it's a chocobo. Correct. And this chocobo came in, and it was sad. It had sadness. What? Lost you there for a second. Oh, uh, the chocobo came in with sadness. Sadness. Yes. Sadness. Uh, it needs, uh, what did I say? Fury? Is fury? Fury is the status effect. Fury um, is the effect. Yeah, fury is the effect, but it's... Oh, gosh, it escapes me. I had everybody on fury in original game uh, 7. I should know the item. <clears throat> um... Uh, no, uh, no, pass. <laughs> well, uh, I'll give I'll give that one to you because you because the fury, um, but the item that cures sadness and causes fury is hyper. Hyper, that's it. I don't remember. Would never remember that. <laughs> so our next creature coming in. You're doing a really died. good job as a oh the joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real question. Uh, real quick, we got a question from. Uh, Livestream Cerberus says, would Krim ever think about doing their old art live streams like in the early days of the Patreon days? Uh, also, it has been a pleasure seeing this insight inside of Krim. Thank you. Thank um, you. I, 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 I'm not sure. Actually, the old live stream stopped because I, that was when I changed my computer and I couldn't figure out how to stream properly and I never really tried since. Um, but I could, I, I could give it another. I get nervous drawing with an audience, which is another reason it stopped. But maybe in the future, I'll give it another go. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much, Livestream Cerberus, uh, for writing in. I, agree. I, I get, I get what you're saying, Grim. It, it, it's <laughs> weird when you, when you got people watching you because you're like, oh man, I made a mistake. Uh, here you go, Command Z. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching of, me hit Command Z. <laughs> I, I like watching live streams of the artists that do like painting style because like it's hard to see how things come together and it's really fun to watch but with me I, I feel like my streams would be quite boring um, but maybe <laughs> all right so uh, Chocobo died we have another creature coming in <laughs> this one's tough oh what is that that looks like one of those fish things you find in Hojo's lab I don't remember the name. I would not remember. That, this one, when, when he was showing me earlier, I was like, this one's really tough. If you want, I can give you a clue. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, is that okay, Vinny? Give her yeah, a clue. yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, yes. It's in Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's kind of early on. It's uh, oh. it, You know what? I can even give you another one if you'd like. It's a side quest. Oh, is it one of those dump dragon things? <laughs> <sighs> Which I can't remember the name of. The dumb like the dragon one that, things. That like flies out of reach. It like casts error. That's that. Yeah, that's yes. Oh, yes. What was yeah, the name? It. What was the name? <laughs> I no, I I don't remember the name. I'm sorry. It is the Cerulean Drake. Drake. That's it. Oh, I hate those things so much. I know. <laughs> so annoying. And, Danielle uh, McRae was actually on our show. Um, uh, in one of the final podcasts, we had Danielle McRae, and she was the voice of Gwen. Yes. Uh, yeah, and and she was she was she was the one that talked about these Cerulean Drakes <laughs> that gave you the quest. 
Yeah. Um, I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> so you're probably not going to want to cure this one either. This no, one. <laughs> this one came in with silence. Silence is. Um, you know, I usually just remedy si silence. <laughs> you have silence. a remedy, right? You do have I a remedy, and you do have an Asuna. But I don't want to use it on this bugger. I mean, it's just... Um... <laughs> I don't even want to use it on this. I don't want... <laughs> Let it die. Uh, um, oh my gosh. Uh, you can tell I don't play many games. Um, silence is... <sighs> and I also just wait for silence to pass. No, I'm going... I'll use my remedy. There we go. <laughs> okay, it is cured with a echo screen. Okay, wouldn't have gotten that. I usually <laughs> just wait for silence. To, I don't use magic very often. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hit things until they die. But yeah, <laughs> just hit them until they die. <laughs> Good strategy. Great boss. Strategy. <laughs> Our next creature. Oh, uh, <laughs> that is in the corner of my screen. This one's Hang pretty on. tough, too. That is a, a behemoth, I think. Nice. Yes, that nice. is actually the behemoth from the side quest uh, in Final That's Fantasy XV. Yes. Yep. And uh, he, he came Those in... points for knowing the name Deadeye. Oh yeah, God. yeah. The, <laughs> we can give you that remedy back. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we'll give you that <laughs> we'll let the We'll let the Drake die. <laughs> um, yeah, who cares? <laughs> this one came in with darkness. He can't see. Oh, okay. <laughs> Deadeye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything about that. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> he needs a corneal transplant. No. Um, the darkness is. Oh my god! I'm doing really terribly. The worst. The, uh, the worst fantasy vet ever. Um, it's 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 actually a very mundane sounding item. Yes. Um, oh, Chat. Gosh, this is. Do you guys this know? This is disappointing. Chat would know. Chat would know. Let's Chat has to know. Darkness is um, freaking eyewash. No, That's I don't. Eye wash. It, 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 oh. Very close. Very close. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, no, no. It's something like that, but I can't remember I the wash. name. I, I feel like it's so. It's it's really like I feel like I gave it to her. All right, it's 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 eye drops. Yeah, eye drops. Eye drops. I wash eye drops. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I wash eye I drops. I'll give it to him. <laughs> my job. <laughs> yeah, the correct steps, I think. <laughs> so next creature coming in, we have this one. This one's fun because I'm curious what your answer is. <laughs> <laughs> is that the the oh, the giant turtle thing? Nice, nice. The Emma. Uh, oh, I was it's just a... doing. That. Tip of your tongue. Uh, it's like AM something or other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, um, no, it's not the amaranth. It's the four-syllable word. No, no, <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember. It is so the Adamantois. Adamantois. Dang it. See, I knew but, uh, that one. How was that boss battle for you? Did it did it take you a long time to beat or? Oh no! You see, I talked I talked to everybody before the boss battle and decided I didn't want to do it, so I got all the items and then I escaped. 
I'm like, oh, everybody's in one place. This is great. And then I didn't do it. <laughs> it was actually a really pretty, for me, it was a pretty easy battle because I, I was so overleveled. Like you said, you're supposed to do the quest. Well, I did every single one. <laughs> I did every single Good. side quest. So I was As super overpowered. Everybody was level 99 for me fighting this thing. So it was kind of just like a regular fight, just a yeah. little longer. Just took a while yeah. to just keep hacking. Um, this poor guy, this poor guy's status ailment, he came in with small. Um, I see what you did there, Vinny. <laughs> well, that solves the problem. We don't have to beat him up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now he's a cute turtle. Yeah. Now he's a pet. <laughs> Oh, is oh so bad at this. <laughs> um, is growth an item? No. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, remedy this. Remedy. Uh, honest, oh. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be honest and say I carried like fifty remedies. <laughs> like I ordered That's remedies it. and I didn't use anything else. And, and uh, I, I I forgive you for using a remedy on this because. I usually just used remedies or Asuna or heal on everything as well. Yeah. Um, and you very rarely run into small as a status ailment in Final Fantasy VII, but it's cured with cornucopia. Ah, I see. Never would have gone that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, Vinny our, with the hard ones, man. Those are difficult. They're difficult. So, you, you know. our next creature who came in. Mm. Oh. <laughs> that looks like that looks like the old version of the Drake from Seven. No, it's uh, a kind of dragon. Um, the are they called like you find them in the northern crater area? The white dragon, blue dragon, one of those things. <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> wide, white dragon. No. Yeah, is that the uh, wide dragon right there? Does <laughs> yep, we it's the Yu-Gi-Oh crossover. Yeah. Does I have does, seen a bridge? That's all I know about Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh abridged, very funny. Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> well, does uh does chat know? Yeah, that would be interesting if if, if chat could uh tell us what this is. I feel like does, I feel like. Once you once you hear it, the answer, you're gonna be like, oh, that's right. yeah, that's right. You're, you're gonna know exactly who this is once. Well, obviously, we're gonna know exactly who it is once we tell you. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> if you wanna, if you want a clue, I can get. Leviathan. You. It's not. It's not Leviathan, is it? It's not. No, but you're getting closer. You're... Oh, get... closer so, to Leviathan. Do you want a clue, oh. or are you kind of working at this? No, no, just tell me. Put me out of my misery now. Okay, okay. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let's show her the full image. All right. What is it? What What the? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Bahamut Zero. Bahamut Zero. Oh, yeah, I... if, if you have to actually unlock it. Like, it's a, he's, a, he's a secret. I don't think I thought that. Yeah. That's a, that's a secret, uh, a secret uh, summon. Yep. Yeah. Off of the... Uh, uh, the when you're when you're in space and you have to enter the code to get the huge materia from the rocket. That's oh. who. That's who. Okay, you get. I never. I was very bad at the Easter eggs in seven. I never defeated the weapons either. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, so, Bahamut Zero came in with frog. He's a uh, frog. maiden's kiss. There we go. <laughs> maiden's kiss. 
So our uh, our next guy, kind of kind of a mean guy, but that's a Tomberry. Nice. My words. <laughs> well, he came in with fury. Oh, that's tranquilizer. Yes. Yeah. And it's a uh, it's it's about closing time. You have one more guy coming in. That's I. I how did he fit through my door? I, <laughs> <laughs> that is, um, Ruby Weapon. Yes, and Ruby Weapon has death. So. Oh, good. <laughs> death. Yes. He he's he he's knocked out. Oh, uh, oh, Phoenix down. Yes. Yeah, but why That's... would I? <laughs> yes, he's dead finally. So you can get another desert rose. You can't have too many uh, gold chocobos. So, uh, so okay. the, way, the way I read that is, uh, if you don't love me at my best, then you don't deserve me at my Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this is the uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. This is how Ruby Weapon is going to look in Final Fantasy fourteen. Very I strange. I personally like the Slenderman look from uh, from Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, but he does look pretty cool. And if you haven't seen Emerald, Emerald looks really cool in the Final Fantasy XIV uh, rendition as well. I like Diamond in the Kingsglaive movie. Very cool. That's mm. a good Easter egg. That's kind of that's kind of like what they went with too. Um, mm. They went with, with with the Final Fantasy XIV design, or at least yeah. or vice versa. Very grungy looking. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, thank you so much for playing that game. I hope you enjoyed it. It was it was it was definitely it was definitely a tough one, especially um, you know you've only you kind of only played Final Fantasy seven and fifteen, so um, <laughs> that is completely understandable. Those are some those are some tough questions. Um, I'm like you. I just use remedy, yeah. <laughs> or just yeah. wear a, a ribbon. Or heal. <laughs> well, like if anybody's ever confused, I just hit them. Yep. <laughs> just, yeah. Well, so. When I was going through the status, I was going to have Confusion as one of them. Um, yeah. But Confusion, the only item is a remedy or smacking them. That's that's all Confusion can do. And same thing with same thing with Sleep. Sleep is you either have yeah. to use Asuna or smack them. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> yep. Real veterinary, real veterinary cure is... No, we don't go around slapping animals. Please ignore that. Sometimes I want to smack clients, but not, not, not the patients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you slapped the client for bringing them in there. Why did you do that? You neglected <laughs> them. All right, so um, that is the final podcast. Uh, I think that will, that will wrap it up. But before I do, thank you so much, Krim, for coming on the show. Uh, and explaining your process, um, I, I I just love the inside look at uh, your your thoughts on all your projects, your current project. Uh, I also love talking about Final Fantasy VII and fifteen with you. So thank you so much for sharing your stories about those games. Um, just uh, every time, like I said, every time somebody tells me like a story that has impacted them in that way, or the just by the chance or 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 destiny shall i say the word <laughs> destiny uh yeah yeah that's that's awesome that's just yeah. really cool so thank you so much for sharing that that's what we do this thank podcast you. for thank you for having me on the show <laughs> yeah it was a pleasure a lot of fun you've been a great guest you said you get super <laughs> nervous but i i absolutely love talking to you so oh. thank you so yeah, much for great. being on the show <laughs> and uh vinnie my uh my my fftv party member thank you so much 
for uh for joining us man and, and keeping an Always eye on the pleasure. chat engaging with the chat just being that uh that random that uh random fat fact checker guy like this <laughs> yeah. random uh, did you know about the tarot cards <laughs> <laughs> so this has been final podcast 18 thank you so much for watching uh i am daniel hofflich please subscribe please like so we can continue to host amazing guests like crimson sun check out crimson sun on patreon.com slash c-r-i-m-b-l-y uh you can also find her uh find them on twitter at what's your twitter handle oh i don't remember oh let me check (laughs) i think it's like at crimbly i think it's also crimbly yeah okay Uh, yes awesome crimbly sun crimbly Crimbly Sun. sun there we go there we go yes so please uh support follow uh, and thank you for supporting Final Fan TV. I'm going to follow right now. <laughs> thank you very Final much. Fan TV, Betty? Hmm? You're gonna follow Final. You're gonna follow Final Fan TV right now. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Took you this long, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Crim. Uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.